Good day and welcome to episode 33 of the Omri Gaming Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Manny, and as always, I'm here with Steve, and we're joined by a very special guest, Jimmy Good from the Critical Reviews Podcast. How are you, my friend? I'm doing just fine. Thanks so much for having me on. How are you guys doing? Thrilled. It's a, It's been a crazy uh, last, what, four days, five days yeah. of E3. We're so excited to have you on. Thanks for taking the time to be here. No, my pleasure. Totally my pleasure. Thank you for actually moving your podcast up a couple days for me. Of Thank course, you. man. Yeah. No, they, we're, we're really excited. The, the hashtagonist is the glue that holds us all together. <laughs> Isn't he, though? He is just a community extraordinaire. So, uh, Steve, good day. Hello. Good day. I know you're always Hello. here, but you're still special I know. We were, well, we were just together last night having a, a fun true. time with uh, the Sony stream. So now we're here again talking more about video games. So really, how could you have a bad day? The hype hasn't died down at all. No, not with Nintendo. They kept it going. They sure did. And we're going to get into it because this episode 33 of the Ombre Gaming Podcast is all about E3 2018. So we're not going to follow the usual formula. There's not going to be the fun segment. There's not going to be patch notes. Uh, If we have time, we'll do a community shout out towards the end. But this is E3 all day in your ears. Just where you want Uh, it. Just where you want a podcast to be. It can't go anywhere else. Can't go anywhere else. <laughs> um, but before we actually go on, Jimmy Gid, why don't you do an introduction? Tell us what you're about. Tell us about Critical Reuse. Tell us you know, where we can find you, all that good stuff. Oh, perfect. Thank you so much. Well, yeah, like you said, my name is Jimmy Good. I am from Critical Reviews. We have a YouTube channel. We have a Twitch channel. We also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash critical reviews. You can support us over there. Basically, as it's just in the name, we're big on doing reviews, reviewing you know, movies, games, TV, stuff like that when we can. But... Yeah, we do a weekly podcast, and it's uh, just like a lot of fun, just covering all the things in entertainment I love the most and that I force my friends to talk about. That's a really big thing for me, forcing them to discuss this stuff. And then, you know, occasionally I'll just do like, you know, a couple of vlogs from a theme park, because why not? Who, who doesn't like to do that sort of thing? So, Of yeah. course. Yeah, that's what I'm all about. Well, that's awesome. Uh, and and where can they find the uh, the podcast? Oh, yeah, you can find the podcast on YouTube, and you can also find it on iTunes as well and then it gets like disseminated out from there to like everything yep. else I think so awesome. uh, check out the critical podcast try to find it should be on pretty much any uh, podcast you know service well again welcome thank we're you. happy that you're here thank you so before we actually jump right into the e3 stuff just some housekeeping first up as always please follow us on social media we are at ombra underscore gaming on twitter and at ombra gaming on instagram also do yourself a favor go ahead and follow critical reviews is that at critical reviews no, it's at Go Critical. Very good. Yeah, I was going to say, on Twitter, that's what it's at. And then we actually have, uh, my sister runs our Instagram, which I really, she does a great job over there. So if you want to see some, like, cool collages and stuff, she's great. Um, but yeah, so we're at Go Critical. So if you can't find Critical Reviews, look that up, too. Because apparently Critical Reviews is taken at a lot of places. It's like, oh, come on. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like. Market saturation, man. Yeah, even CriticalReviews.com was taken. So we have a GoCriticalReviews.com now uh, that we're still in its infancy. So it's coming along. <laughs> awesome. Well, Go follow Critical Reviews. You can find them at Go Critical on Twitter and then follow the various links to it to find them on all these other platforms as well. Uh, we are also on Twitch, so find us at twitch.tv slash ombra underscore gaming where we stream almost every single day of the week on a variety of platforms. So join us there and have some fun. And I believe you're on Twitch as well at uh, what twitch.tv slash Critical Reviews. Yeah, on there they Critical let us reviews. have it. So Boom. there awesome. we go. That's a win. <laughs> yeah, a we got a win. Huge ding, win. ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so check out Critical Reviews on Twitch as well. 
You can also hang out with us on Discord if you want to hang out with our community and chat about video games all day long and even into the nighttime because we have folks from all sorts of countries and places so time zones are weird and overlap. Uh, you can find the invite to that Discord link in our Twitter bio. Uh, we would love to have you there. And if you want to share your thoughts with us about the podcast, about any kind of news that comes up or E3 or anything else, give us a call. You can find us at 347-509-5620. Leave us a voicemail and maybe we'll play it on the podcast if it's a good one. Dang, that's really cool. You guys have that? That's amazing. Yeah, sometimes we have people call in. Usually it's my brother-in-law, Reese, but, you know, we play them on the podcast and we respond (laughs) accordingly. I love it. Um, So if you want to be one of those people, give us a call. We would love to hear from you. And last up on housekeeping, if you want to help us grow and if you want to help us be the very best we can possibly be, you can find us at Patreon. Uh, I almost said Patreon.tv. I did that last week, too. Patreon.tv. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can find us at Patreon.com slash Gaming, where every single dollar we get will go right back into the show and help us produce the best quality content that we can possibly produce. Uh, shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. You know we love you. So, the house is a little bit cleaner now. Let's wreck it with e3 hype so e3 uh while not technically over over it is sort of closing out over the next couple days uh all the excitement i feel like it's sort of reached a peak in the last 24 hours or so uh so we're we are recording this podcast on tuesday june 12th so as of today the the sort of big announcement showcases have happened so what we're going to do is we are going to sort of hit all the highlights we're going to hit the big announcements the big showcases that happen we'll sort of run through the bullet points of what was announced and what was revealed uh we're going to share our thoughts we're going to talk about how we felt about them what we wanted what we saw come true uh what we were disappointed by etc etc and then at the end we're each going to go around and give a definitive ranking of all the showcases from e3 2018 it's definitive that means you cannot disagree with what we have (laughs) that's true it's definitive fact even if all of our rankings are different, they are all correct. So, yeah. <laughs> so let's start from the top. Uh, EA, they kicked it off. So, the, so EA's uh, showcase kicked it off on June 9th. Here is a quick rundown of the announcements that came out of the EA press conference. FIFA 19, a little bit of details behind that and the release date of September 28th, 2018. Anthem release date being pushed to February 22nd, 2019. Battlefield 5. All right, a lot of exciting things happening there. There's a there's a uh, Battle Royale mode that's being introduced. We saw a little bit of gameplay, if I remember correctly. Madden 19 is coming to PC. That happened. Uh, a new Star Wars game is coming out, and it's being set between Episodes 3 and 4. And then EA Origin Access Premiere is a new subscription service that EA is going to be offering. So those are sort of the quick quick bullet points. Let's get into it. Let's start with you, Jimmy. How did you feel about the EA conference? All right. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Last year, EA hurt me. Hurt me badly. They keep... A lot of people <laughs> feel the same. Three years in a row last year, uh, they were they were making a hat trick for showing dev diaries for Star Wars because why show Star Wars when you could show someone making Star Wars? So inst- <laughs> instead this year, what they decided to do is take a fantastic individual like Vince Ampella, put him in the crowd and have Andrea Renee go talk to him about this reveal for this new game that he is not ready to talk about yet. So it's just like, you know, you're going to sit over here. Uh, But besides that, the other thing for me from EA is I was really hopeful, like Anthem, I'm really excited about, and I understand, let it cook, let it take its time. I think that game looks fantastic. I can't wait to play it. But 
the other thing, Command and Conquer for a new generation is a mobile game now. And that kind of hurt me because yeah. I was like, <laughs> I'm, I like real-time strategy. I'm horrible at real-time strategy. But Command and Conquer has always been one of those, you know, franchises that I look back on very fondly. And I was kind of saddened. I was hoping they could, like, kind of pair that with an actual release of a new Command and Conquer. But they spent so much time on that, uh, doing, like, an eSports thing. And it was like a five or ten minute spiel about dragged, that mobile yeah. game. I was kind of... I was kind of shocked. Am I the only one who thought that? Was anyone else? I think they were really trying to pump up the esports angle a little too much. It's like, come on, guys, wouldn't this be a great esport? Join us, join us in the esports. Like, eh, let's let it happen naturally. Yeah, and and sort of going back to your anthem comment, Jimmy, I'm I'm also very excited for anthem. We talk about a lot on our on our Discord, uh, and and Matt's also a huge fan of or. Matt sort of hopes to be a huge fan of Anthem when it drops. Um, that being said, I think delayed games are... I think Jared Petty said it really well on the Kind of Funny Games podcast. He said delayed games are always a good thing, right? I would rather a game be delayed than to be rushed and, and for crunch to really take its toll and to be delivered a, a shitty product. So, uh, yeah, definitely disappointing, but at the end of the day, I think it's going to hopefully amount to something better. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we know that Bioware has a pedigree for doing stuff more story-based, and because mm-hmm. of kind of the lackluster launch of Andromeda, a lot of people are thinking, well, maybe they put a lot of their assets and their money and time into this new game, this new IP, and I hope it pays off. It seems like a lot of the stuff they've talked about is like emergent stories with your friends, which is totally fine, but I still want there to be something for people who want to play this alone, which you totally can. So that's nice. The positive is a lot of the people coming out of E3 who have spent time playing it are loving how it feels so i mean i'm sure they're not getting i'm not i'm sure they're not getting into the weeds of the story at this point but they're able to actually get their hands on the gameplay and from one of the things that stuck out to me was they all seem to like the flying mechanics so using the jetpack because that's a huge thing because if you if you do that wrong in a game that relies on it it's just going to lead to a shitty experience so i feel like they really Mm -hmm. had to nail that in every way and so far everyone's loving it definitely good news um in that regard I'll speak to FIFA a little bit as a huge FIFA player. I've been playing FIFA my entire life. That being said, I, I usually buy every other FIFA because the in-betweens feel a little bit too samey to me, uh, aside from like a handful of roster changes. Uh, FIFA 19 looks fantastic. I was coming from FIFA 17 until they announced the World Cup mode in 18, and then I downloaded it, and I'm enjoying it. But I think the biggest thing about FIFA 19 is the introduction of Champions League which for soccer fans is a huge, huge deal. Um, Champions League is essentially, and maybe some soccer fans would disagree, but it's essentially the most prestigious soccer trophy after the World Cup. So it's basically all the best teams in Europe play against each other. You have teams from Spain playing against teams from England, playing against teams from France, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it's a huge deal. So the fact that they are, they, the fact that EA has licensing for the Champions League is unreal. The licensing power of EA alone is a terrifying power to behold. So I'm excited for that. I mean, I think it's all about, like, for me, as I'm, I'm an FC Barcelona fan, right? So, like, for me, being able to play that team and to actually have the experience of going through these really high-stakes tournaments, like, that's awesome. Um, and I'm very, very much looking forward to that. So we'll see. That being said, I've never purchased a loot box or any kind of microtransactions in FIFA. It hasn't impacted my ability to enjoy it thoroughly. Jimmy, do you, have you ever in, indulged yourself in some FIFA? To be honest, I'm trying to think back if I have or not. And FIFA is kind of right up there with Madden, and I've played a little bit mm-hmm. of Madden in the past. 
uh, at least for me, and I know they're they're drastically different things, but football, mm-hmm. depending on who you ask, right? Um, right. So uh, I I respect that you have a love for this because I think a lot of times with a lot of groups, especially here in the states, when the FIFA stuff comes on, a lot of us check out, or a lot of people who are watching this press conference for the anthem, for Star Wars, for stuff like that. This is not really that exciting. However, yeah. hearing how excited you are about this and how actually big of a deal it was, and it did seem like it did get a reaction from that crowd about what you just talked about. So I could tell that this was a, a substantial step up, which is really For sure. Cool. Yeah, no, and, and I think you put it well. It's just like, and, and it's interesting, like we're having all these discussions and at the end we'll do the ranking, but what is exciting to one person coming out of E3 is going to be completely different, you know, than it's going to be completely different to what somebody else might be excited by. Oh, totally. Um, and that'll come through, I'm sure in our rankings, but like, for example, the things that came out of Square Enix don't particularly resonate with me the same way. I don't the think things they that resonated came out of with anybody. That's true. <laughs> and we'll get there. <laughs> That's definitely true. But yeah, no, I, I'm excited. Um, it'll, it'll be fun. Um, and I think September 28th is, is sort of right around the corner. So I'm looking forward to that. I feel like if you, even if you don't like, FIFA, you have to respect what it does. The, the game sells tens of millions of copies every year. Oh, yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Right. I do, however, I want FIFA Street back again. That was such a fun game. <laughs> Dude, it they got to bring like, NBA Street. They, just bring back all the Street franchises. I loved NFL Street back in the day. Anyway, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, Madden 19 coming to PC. Sure. Uh, great for those people. You know, I, play, I mean, um, I play Madden every year. It's a lot, a lot of fun on these next generation consoles. Like it looks fantastic, it moves so fluidly, but it is basically just like a roster update. The they had the the story mode in the last one, so I'm imagining they'll continue that in the next installment. But hopefully a little bit longer. I think the last one was like four and a half hours, so it's really not much of a story mode. And then you just go back to doing what you do anyway. Yeah, the same is true for for FIFA. The I think they called it the journey in FIFA 17. It was cool. I think it was just around four hours as well. Uh, on the Frostbite engine, looks great. Star Wars, let's talk about this Star Wars announcement. Jimmy, how do you feel about that? Okay, I absolutely adore Respawn. I think Titanfall <laughs> and Titanfall 2 are fantastic games, and the fact that EA sent out Titanfall 2 to die right along it's when sad. Battlefield, was it four, 5 came? Or no, sorry, Battlefield yeah, 4 or 1 Battlefield or one of those. One. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it came out like in two weeks or a week, and they're like, well, we feel that they're totally different. Like Call of Duty's come out at the same time, too. I'm like, oh my gosh. Also, I don't know if I'll ever go back to that game because the people who are still playing Titanfall 2 are masters. Oh, you can't amazing even, at it. They're incredible. They're doing triple yeah. backflips, <laughs> which is not in the game, but they're still doing yeah. it. Uh, but the fact that they talked about this game a little bit, you know, it got my heart pumping a little bit. I am one of the few people, I think, maybe one of five or six on the planet, who actually enjoyed uh, at least Revenge of the Sith. And there is a time period between Episode 3 and 4, kind of the dark times or the Jedi Purge times, which I've always Mm -hmm. wanted more of a movie about. We got Force Unleashed, but it was kind of a different thing. The idea of it being also, you know, with the name, the surname of like Jedi or whatever, and then saying, was it Fallen Order? That's really cool. And like the fact that they didn't show anything makes me kind of sad, but at least they did restraint and they didn't show like a, another dev diary for it. So I'm really right. excited about the potential for it. Cause that team, you can trust that team. They're a That's really true. good team. The modern warfare guys, come on. Yep. I actually just recently binged episodes one through six because yeah. I, I had for the never, first time. Mind yeah, you. I had never seen star Whoa. Wars. I just didn't watch it growing up. So I finally sat down and put the time in. I watched it in release order as I was instructed by basically everybody. Sure, yeah. Um, And I won't lie to you. I thought Revenge of the Sith was very entertaining. 
I did just think the turning point when he's like, yeah, I'm going to be bad now. was just so weak. She was basically like, hey, we got snacks over here. And he's like, sweet, let's go. I love snacks. Dark Lord forever. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Pretty much. Um, EA Origin Access premieres a new subscription service. Uh, Exciting. I I want some more information. I'd be interested to see like what the actual buy-in is when it really takes hold or when it like really settles into the market and people understand all of its mechanics and all of its benefits, etc. Um, given the reputation that EA has, um, it'll be interesting to see how people respond. And then last, but certainly not least coming out of the EA press conference, something I totally remembered and included <laughs> this from the beginning battlefield five or V however you'd like to interpret it. Yeah. So we got to see some gameplay looks really sharp and probably, I guess the most notable thing about it is that it will have a uh, battle royale mode. How do you feel about it, Steve? Because this is something we've talked about in the past. Like I said on, uh, I don't even remember which episode it was, but it was the one where Call of Duty and Battlefield both said that they were going to try this. I think Battlefield already has the foundation to do it right. They already have large maps. They did it with Conquest. They've already used vehicles very well. And I'm very interested to see how a battle royale works if they're going to keep tanks and shit because I feel like that would kind of be a little bit unfair so I hope that's not the case but they have great mechanics and that's what a lot of these battle royale games don't have right now they don't have smooth mechanics they have a lot of jank to them and Battlefield isn't like that it's one of the better shooters I've played I think it has a little bit more realism which obviously I lose that I use that term very loosely because again we're talking about Battlefield here but in terms of like that compared to Call of Duty, I feel like you have to concentrate more on recoil and bullet drop, whereas Call of Duty, I feel it's more of like a pan, like pray and spray type deal. But I think Battlefield can do, I think they can do Battle Royale well. And I like how they haven't shown anything yet because you can tell that they're like, you know what, let's really put the time in before we start showcasing it. I wouldn't be surprised if it's not like with the launch of the game. I wouldn't be surprised if they just give it to you at a later date just to make sure it's right. Uh, But other than that, the game looks absolutely beautiful. And for everybody out there who's all upset that there's a female on Battlefield 5, you stink. Agreed. (laughs) You got the official you stink from Steve. Uh, Yeah, I I mean, I agree. I think the game looks fantastic. I'm really interested to see how, like, first person and Battle Royale combine. um, Because most, if not all, I can't think of a Battle Royale that isn't third person. Um that'll be interesting because I think that like innately changes the mechanics of like scavenging and knowing whether or not you're fully behind the wall or not. You know what I mean? So like, I think it'll like really change the dynamic and the actual like mechanics of, of PVP just being in that perspective. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it'll change it for the better. I'm not sure. I don't play enough battle royales to know, but what about you, Jimmy? How are you feeling about battlefield? I think it had a pretty decent showing. I think the fact that they've, did announce Royale, but didn't even kind of show, like, an image of that. They, like, cut to, like, the Battlefield Five logo again. means that it might not be coming at launch. Probably not, which is totally fine. And I think that having that plus your single player, you know, they don't have zombies like Call of Duty, but they're still doing a single player campaign, which is something that they featured over at Microsoft a little bit. And I think Battlefield is poised for another good time. What you said is true about the whole, like, female being on the cover thing. If people have a problem with that, like, and they've even said, like, this is not supposed to be historically accurate. So, like, you know, it's supposed to just be a crazy time. But seeing, you know, the tanks and stuff, like, slamming through the buildings and all of that, I was like, wow, like, this could be really nuts. And I don't think we can ever do that game justice with just streaming it. 
you know, because I think you really, you once you're there, if you're actually at the press conference, you see it on a big screen, you're like, oh my goodness, like, this yeah. is insane. Just, like, to a level that Call of Duty is never going to really breach, I don't oh, yeah. think. And I, I like the inclusion of the new multiplayer mode, Grand Operations. That sounds like it can be really fun, where it takes place over, like, four in-game days. Oh, and cool, yeah. There are, like, if you play it, I guess, well enough or poorly enough, you might not even see the additional days. Oh, so really like that, cool. I think that's cool. Like you can win the whole thing within the first day or the second day or something like that. And by the end of it, you might even be playing on basically just like a leveled map. Everything's just destroyed over, cool. over the course of time. Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to see how that game is received, like is initially received, like right off the bat. Um, and then, of course, I think it's going to have a lengthy tail. So, yeah, overall, pretty interesting showcase. I think they could have started off with a stronger showing, but... I'm not in charge of these things. So let's keep it going. Let's go ahead and move on to the Microsoft Showcase, the Xbox Showcase. A couple quick hits from that showcase. Microsoft buys five studios. So they're essentially increasing their production power by scooping up these creative agencies. Should be interesting. We'll see how that turns out. Um, They hinted at, or not really hinted at, but kind of said that the new Xbox consoles are in the works which was interesting, and we'll get into it. Gears of War 5 coming to Xbox One in 2019. Very big news for the Microsoft folks out there. And then, of course, a look at Halo Infinite. Also very exciting news for Xbox folks. Um, and, and a couple other things that, that went down, like the Crackdown announcements, um, a look at the new Forza, which some people are excited about, and, of course, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which is exciting for perhaps you, Steve. I think something that we can all sort of be excited about and feel good about being excited about it is uh, the look we got at Cyberpunk 2077. Looked really rad. And then, yeah, they said that it's going to be a first-person RPG. Right, right, Pretty, which is a really interesting that. angle. Um, as well as a look at, finally, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, that mystery of a game that From Software has been working on. Looked really rad. It has been revealed that it's going to be published by Activision. So interesting things there. But anyway, uh, let's get into it. Let's start with you again, Jimmy. What did you think about Xbox? I think they had a phenomenal showing. A lot of people say, hey, Xbox, you know, show me the games. Show me some exclusives and stuff. And you know how you start off a show? Make me confused about is this Arc 2? And then show that Master Chief helmet in his hand. And it's just like, we are off to the races. Like, it was ready to go. And for people who didn't see it, their stage actually was where they were going to demo games afterwards. But I thought the whole time that they were going to try to do like a Royale or something because there's so many Xboxes (laughs) and monitors up there. I was like, are you guys going to get people on stage? What's happening? And they never did it to that extent. Which is and fine. there were some people talking about all the there was like a bunch of people wearing white shirts in the crowd and yes. everyone's like oh all those people who are wearing white shirts are part of the show they're going to come up and play all these Xbox yeah a lot of I didn't realize that that's where they were going to be showcasing their games after and I was like what there's so much screen that they're not utilizing here what's happening definitely uh, but they also did a really good job of kind of presenting some other things that maybe you wouldn't expect you know to be kind of primarily on Microsoft. They are pretty close with Bethesda shows like it's showing that you know with like Todd Howard walking out talking about Fallout seventy six yeah. and being like, hey, we're gonna talk about this more tonight, but we just want to come and chat about it for a little bit. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Even though we did see the same trailer over at Bethesda right. later on, exactly. but still, uh, it's nice for them to do that. But I think the thing for me that people would be like, Jimmy, you have to mention this. And it was something that I've been waiting for for a long time. And I didn't know how to feel about it initially, but I'm on board now. Devil May Cry 5. The time yeah. has come and so have I, baby. Nero's back. Dante's back. Virgil's going to show up. It's going to be a hell of a time. Oh, baby. I can't wait to get 
going. Oh, yeah. I'm so I never really, I never really got into DMC to be totally honest. And so like, this is one of those like personal preference things where it's like, Jimmy's really fucking excited about DMC five. Manny isn't because he doesn't understand the context and he doesn't (laughs) understand the lore and he doesn't, he's, I'm not invested the same way you are. For sure. Yeah. Um, but, but talk a little bit more about it. Uh, well, you know, Devil May Cry five and the Devil May Cry series is an interesting one because the last time we saw it was DMC, which they kind of tried to do like a reboot where they kind of made it edgier. Dante Mm -hmm. looked a bit different. It was kind of a more, they tried to ground the world, but also make it kind of crazy at the same time. Like you were kind of, I think it was in limbo. So there's a lot of weird things going on where like the ground would shatter and move apart. But Devil May Cry, basically, for people who don't know why, why should you be excited about it? Basically, Devil May Cry is, like, one of the the premier third-person action games of its time. It is the, it precedes Bayonetta, you know, it precedes things like Vanquish or, like, Metal Gear Rising, I guess is a better one to compare it to. But just over-the-top action, a fun time, a rockin' soundtrack, killing demons, you're trying to look stylish, because it's all about the style, baby, as you rip <laughs> yeah. these things apart, and it's going to be, like I said, a hell of a time. It's, awesome. I'm just stoked. Oh, it looks so That's good, awesome. too. Woo. Yeah, and, you, and you're definitely not alone. I mean, we've, a lot of folks on Twitter and, and uh, just sort of in our friend group has have been feeling the same way, so I'm excited that you're excited. Steve, what were you most sort of hit by at this conference? Ooh, most sort of hit by. Most. What were you most, but most, also sort of most hit by? Sort of hit by. <laughs> so what struck me the most? It has to be the acquisition of the five studios. They so they brought in the initiative. They brought in Undead Labs, Playground Games, the big one I think, Ninja Theory. Yes, yeah. it's huge. And they got Compulsion Games. Ninja Theory is not only a huge acquisition, but it was also a shock because when Hellblade: Son of a Sacrifice first came out, it was on PS4 only, and didn't come out to to Xbox till later. And so from there, now they've just swiped them up. And if Ninja Theory could create Hellblade, which obviously it had its notable issues because they were a small studio, but it looked amazing for what they were able to produce with what they had. Now they have Microsoft backing them. I can only imagine the games that they're now going to be able to churn out. I mean, the, the other ones, they're all really good. I mean, We Happy Few is already being, it's probably one of the most anticipated, like smaller known games coming out. And a lot of people were kind of thinking, like, all right, we need to see more exclusives. We got to get more Xbox-only announcements. But you can't really do that if you don't have studios. And Xbox didn't really have a lot of studios. Sure. So what they needed to do was plant the seeds, not only for the remainder of Xbox One, but like they said, they're in development on the next generation of consoles. And I'm sure Sony is too. Like, Sony can tell you they're taking the next three years to plan for it. They're not. They're working on it right now. So Microsoft's doing the same thing. So now they have these studios that can focus on making games in the short term for Xbox One, but also start planning ahead so that way when Xbox whatever launches, they now have a library ready to go. So that was the, the biggest thing that they could have done. Halo, seeing that was cool. Seeing Gears of War 5, that's awesome too, but we kind of expected that they needed to show those. Like, without those, what games do they have? So these studios was the biggest thing to me because now they actually have the cards, so they're just going to play them correctly. Yeah, I, I think it was... It was interesting because they wanted to they wanted to capture the hype that was buzzing in the room, right? And they did that via Gears, via Halo, and but they also wanted to sort of galvanize their fan base to be excited for the things to come. So they did that with um, what I would say is like an awkward cryptic hint at the next console because they didn't really talk about it too much. And the acquisitions are another part of it too, right? So I think you're right. That being said, I left that conference being like, a little bit underwhelmed. I think there was a lot of meat, but not a lot of flavor, so to speak, right? They had 50 games, eight, what, 18 exclusives or something like that. 
Um, they got Battletoads, damn it. They, they got they, Battletoads. They got Battletoads, yeah. I think they hit the points that they needed to hit. I just, I feel like they didn't hit them hard enough. I don't know if that makes sense. Full disclosure, I'm a PlayStation boy. I haven't played, I haven't been sort of like invested in the Xbox ecosystem for a little bit now. But I mean, like I used to play Gears. I used to play Halo like way back. So like I understand and appreciate the cultural and historical significance of things like that. And I, and obviously uh, Xbox fans and Microsoft fans are thrilled that these are coming back. Halo looked cool, dinosaurs and shit. Like, okay, I'm down <laughs> to watch other people play it because I don't have an Xbox. But yeah, no, I, I thought it was interesting. Um, Jimmy, do you, are you are do you play on Xbox or, or what are you playing on? I actually have both Xbox and PlayStation. I will say I only have a subscription to Xbox though for Gold because that's where most of my friends play. So I tend yeah. to I started off with Xbox because that's where I knew most of them were going to be, and uh, that's typically that's where I am right now. But I have both, so. Best of best of both worlds. Yeah, I think what can be said about that for like people like you and I who do play PS4 and like what we're looking for is like give me a reason to want to play Xbox and like if I haven't played Halo or Gears of War by now, I'm not gonna be interested in going to do that. But like I said, what they did to pique my interest is like, hey, we're actually gonna commit to make more exclusive, so we require these five studios. So. I still think, I've said it before, I think that they just kind of have already tapped out on this generation. Like, they're going to do enough to keep Xbox One relevant with, like, Games Pass. And they do a ton of great work with Games Pass. I think that's a phenomenal deal. Like, even they announced, what, they have The Division, Elder Scrolls Online, Tamriel Unlimited, and Fallout 4 are now all available on Games Pass as of E3. So, they're going to maximize the life out of Xbox One while they completely focus for the future. So, I think a lot of those studios that they've grabbed a good portion of them will be just relegated to making plans for the next system while you have like two or three of them like all right you make games for now yeah and 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 i think they're well aware of where they are in the doing this in air quotes console race right they know it's a race already lost and they're okay with that for now um and i think they are planting the seeds because they can't catch up at you know they can't catch up by the end of this generation's life cycle and so the only thing they can do is to invest in the future, and I think that's what they're doing. That being said, I just that doesn't have the same kind of hype. Um, yeah, exactly. It definitely has hype. It just it's not the same flavor, I guess. I think they did exactly what they had to do this year. I think they nailed what they were looking for. Yep. Yep. Any any final thoughts on Xbox? I was gonna say I think it's fascinating to hear you guys talk about the acquisition of those studios, and that it's something that you both are interested in because there's two things when I think about this a lot of people were saying man I don't want there to be like exclusivity and it just separates us or whatever but so many people have been screaming at Microsoft to get more exclusives and more IPs and the other thing is like what if Xbox gets them and then they they can't make what they want to make I don't think they would buy these guys and I'm not saying that this isn't going to happen but why would you acquire these studios that are known for making these games get these people excited about it and then say no you're making this now it's like make whatever you want but make it like three or four times bigger and better in every way. Yep. Like that's yeah. what's exciting. Cause that way for launch for next, the next Xbox and the fact that the backwards compatibility is such a big deal, no matter what games we're playing now or in the future, you're going to have access to them and that's going to be sweet. Right. And I think at the end of the day, we look at exclusivity and we do, and we look at the console race. It's not that, I mean, I'll speak for myself as a, a PlayStation gamer. I don't look at Xbox and say, no, never. I say, Yes, convince me. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and similar to what Steve was saying, give me a reason. Games with gold, great reason. 
Uh, backwards compatibility, another great reason. Although hopefully it's coming to PlayStation soon. Please. Uh, yeah, yeah. The acquisition of these studios, another great reason. So like, keep moving that direction. Have have good exclusives. I mean, that's what get that's what gets us PlayStation fans all riled up is these amazing creative exclusives. Yeah, um, I'd love to see Xbox create some awesome exclusives. Not necessarily to make me want to go buy one because I got to tell you, I don't really want to spend any more money on video game yeah, consoles. Yeah, please. But I don't either. Um, I want it so that way Sony's like, oh shit, we need to make sure we have just as good if not better games i love the competition it breeds and then you get nintendo on the back burner who's just like hey all you indie darlings we'll take every one of you give us your tired you're poor you're sick we'll take them all nintendo's like we've been working on a car but it's also you can eat it if you want because, (laughs) because why not right we're great they're like the crazy uncle anyway uh let's keep it going let's talk about bethesda I love Bethesda so fucking much. <laughs> I love what they came out with. Let's run through, let's, uh, run through some of the highlights here. Doom Eternal uh, announced at the showcase brings uh, double the demons. That was like their thing, right? They were like, it's going to have twice as many demons. <laughs> um, Bethesda also announced Prey and Wolfenstein VR games, which is really interesting. Starfield as Bethesda's latest and newest IP that's going to be coming out. Uh, first original franchise in 25 years. That's crazy. And that will be launched with the next generation of consoles. Exactly. And it's not even crazy that it's the first original franchise in 25 years. It's crazy that they've been able to survive with not original IPs in 25 years. That's awesome. Keep They're just really oh, good at what they do. I love Bethesda so much. <laughs> um a new Elder Scrolls game coming to mobile, Elder Scrolls Blades, and you can play it in portrait mode. So get ready <laughs> to have your mind blown. Uh, yeah, really exciting. And then, of course, probably what people are most excited about, Fallout 76, some great new information being uh, brought up in that regard. And then, of course, Elder Scrolls 6. Just a little taste. We, just we, a we little just had bit a little, of a, a little taste, and it was enough to go, yeah. all right where the fuck is this taking place? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then uh, worth mentioning, new Wolfenstein game coming out next year as well. That looks awesome. That Young actually boy. gave me a little nudge to be like, hey, you should finally finish the new Wolfenstein 2. You should. And you should finally just it's do it. It's very good. Yeah. So maybe I'll do that. Um, so let's reverse the direction. Steve, what did you think about Bethesda? This, so I know we're doing rankings later, but this is my number one. They were okay. phenomenal. I thought... Spoilers, guys. Spoilers, Steve's number one. Is number one. I loved what I saw from Fallout 76, and it wasn't so much what I saw just there. It was what we've heard in the comments, you know, these next couple of days after. Because once they told us, they confirmed, it's online only. So shout out to Jason Schreier for once again accurately reporting the hell out of that story. Like, Jason Schreier is the oracle. Yeah, like, he gets all the scoops. He's, he's probably one of the hardest working journalists in video games. He's phenomenal. So he nailed that one, even though everyone was like, that's not Fallout. That won't happen. It's like, yeah. Right. I feel like he probably has like some high up people who might know a thing or two. So he was proven correct. It's dividing fans naturally. And it's kind of questionable too, because Bethesda themselves did the whole save single player games campaign. So like, it's interesting that now they're going this like multiplayer route, not only with Fallout 76, but the new Wolfenstein game, that's multiplayer. And that's never been multiplayer before. But... It's a very different flavor of multiplayer. Oh, no, it is. Of course, it is. I'm just saying they're they're starting to dip their toes a little bit more in the multiplayer uh, genre. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. But they sold me on the map is four times bigger than Fallout 4. 
you can tell it's in the same engine as Fallout 4. This is basically something just to kind of hold people over until, you know, Starfield and until Elder Scrolls 6 and, you know, 2062. So once we finally get that on PS73, we'll be we'll be all set. PS76. <laughs> PS76. <laughs> Um, but it looks great because there's no just NPC characters. Everybody you see, they're actual humans, and you can choose to interact with them. That was the big thing I was worried about was, is there going to be like a passive mode? Are you going to be safe from people who are just blowing you up just to be dicks? And the good news is the only way you can start like a PvP sort of fight, I guess, is you have to either be asked by someone or ask somebody, and then the other party has to accept. Yeah, so it's I, like a challenge yeah. system. So I like that because... That was one of my biggest fears. Was like, all right, well, what if no one's around? What if I just want to play some quests by myself? Can I do that? And yes, you absolutely can. But it, the game is just always online. The one thing you got to watch out for is like the four nukes that are spread out over the map, and you can just launch nukes and blow shit up. Which is, I think, <laughs> so fucking cool. Yeah, because when you blow it up, then it radiates enemies more, and so there's like more uh, difficult enemies, it and you find like treasures. Changes. Yeah. So hey. Yeah. I'm all for it. And it's fun it's to play good. a Fallout that is actually green and, like, blue instead yeah. of just brown and... Like, shadows and blackness, yeah. What did you think about uh, Bethesda Showcase, Jimmy? I think it was really interesting when it started off with the weird Rage 2, like, little yeah, Andrew like, musical WK. thing. I, like, and if you <sighs> wanted your brown, like, wasteland, that Rage has got it for you. Yeah. Uh, which, it was kind of weird. I remember, like, watching that, and they are kind of playing through it. And then, like, at one moment, he throws a grenade, and then it just shifted to another gunfight, and then it shifted to another one. And I thought at first the grenades could, like, teleport you or something. And I was like, whoa, this is going to be really crazy cool, like, dynamic. <laughs> right. And it's like, no, it's just we're, we're speeding it up for time. Um, yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah um, I think the best thing to come out of Bethesda, for me personally, who is not the biggest fan of all the Bethesda stuff, is that you really get the devs out there who are passionate people who are saying, yeah, let's kill some Nazis. Or like, hey, let's right. kill some demons. And they're like, you can tell they're excited to be there. Even the guy who's going out there for like Elder Scrolls Online, he was just like, he's like, yep, I'm online there playing with you guys too. And you can yeah. tell he's like, he's doing it. And it's like, <laughs> for sure. good for you. Uh, there's a few kind of flops. I thought the card game, I was like, they spent a little bit of time on that. And yeah. They did toot their own horn that a few times. That community manager was, he could have used a coffee. Well, that, he like he was, he was just like, asleep up there. he's like, I think honestly it's the best card game. And we were named the best card game on Apple, blah, blah, or whatever. Yeah. I was like, all right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was like, guys, we're already sold. Uh, so we get but it. Was nice. <laughs> yeah, it was nice to see them use their stage, which was also kind of interesting because they had people around. It was like a peninsula, like three-fourths of it. And I was like, okay, but you're using your stage a lot more than you did last year, which I was happy about because last year was yeah. like, they have a stage. And it was like, if you're not there, you don't really experience it. So uh, it was nice to see that, though, the the passion. And Todd, I could listen to Todd talk for a long time. Todd that Howard. man could read a dictionary, and I would pay E3 ticket money to see it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and I think to, to that point, Bethesda did such a good job at being personal and being intimate and being human. I mean, they started their showcase off with that, like, look into Bethesda. Um, and they, they showcased all of their whole team. They had the community managers up there. They had um, devs. They had HR folks. They had receptionists. They had you know administrators. The whole nine yards, they showed the community that is Bethesda. I, I mean, full disclosure, I'm a huge Bethesda fanboy. I love their work. They're like 20 minutes north of me. Uh, I've met Pete Heinz twice. Please return my phone calls, Pete. <laughs> and I just I appreciate everything they do and the amount of work that they put into what they create. Um, I also love the fact that they stick to their guns and their marketing and their messaging and their tone. 
with all the backlash that came that came out as a result of Wolfenstein 2, they were like, if if you like Nazis, like go fuck yourself. You know, like they would say things like that because it's like we should all agree that that these that killing Nazis is a fine thing to to indulge yourself in. You know what I mean? Um, and like with the Walmart Canada le- leaks, they totally leaned into it. They they made the most of it. And so yeah, I thought Pete and I thought Todd did an amazing job at being human and being personal. Um, like when Todd made that little joke, he was like, we have this map and it glows in the fucking dark. You know what I mean? Like he yep. <laughs> embraced it. Um, and like their little joke with, uh, you know, being able to play Skyrim on the Amazon Alexa. I thought that was hilarious. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just think they do an incredible job at leaning into the human side of gaming and the emotional side of gaming. And, and uh, I think that's fantastic. Plus, they're. I forget who tweeted it, but I saw a tweet that said Bethesda is here for the gamers. And I think that's so true. They gave, they gave us what we wanted. People were asking for um, Elder Scrolls six. They were asking for more Wolfenstein, meaningful Wolfenstein. I thought the DLC was so, so, but I don't know. I, I just thought they did a great job at, at leaning into the human side of video gaming. Um, and I think that's a huge part of it. Yeah. The Andrew WK thing. I love Andrew WK. I listen to his music all the time. Just wrong crowd. You know, they're not even standing up. How do you expect for them to react in a positive way when he's like, you know, he was like yelling, like, get ready to die. And they was just <laughs> sitting there with their phones or their phones, you know, <laughs> like, so a, a little lackluster. Yeah, I, I forgot to mention Rage 2 when we first started the, the Bethesda piece here. Looked cool. I, uh, I might dabble uh, because I enjoyed I'll Mad play Max. It, sure. This just looks like Mad Max on drugs. Yeah, yeah. That grenade that he throws, uh, that the character throws, that sort of like, it turns into like this like gravitational something or other that looks rad he has a you know boomerang i'm all in so overall i thought bethesda i thought it was great um i'm not going to reveal where it falls in my ranking but it's definitely not last i'll tell you that much let's talk about ubisoft ubisoft uh i feel very similarly uh, about ubisoft than than i do to bethesda big fan i'm a ubi boy as they say i don't think anybody has ever said that except for me Let's talk about some of the things that they brought to the table. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, release date, locked in, and we saw a lengthy bit of gameplay from that, which is really exciting and looks very cool. Beyond Good and Evil 2, interesting move there. I I never really got into Beyond Good and Evil, but I know a lot of people have, and and they're very excited about it. Skull and Bones, probably the thing I'm most excited about coming out of that conference we'll talk about it and then uh starlink battle for atlas as well something that they brought to the table so let's kick it right off jimmy how did you feel about ubisoft ubisoft well the way you speak of bethesda is how i would speak of ubisoft if given the chance and i've given the chance uh, right now uh i really like ubisoft and i will say over the years i've realized that a lot of the games i enjoy are actually by them and i think they have leaned so far into what makes just a fun show, they get it. They started off now the same way each time, and this time it was crazier than ever with their Just Dance thing. And it was like, all right, we're going to do a movie this time. And then, like a trailer or whatever. And then it's like, actually, we're going to bring the dancers in here. So a full marching band is going to come in and Just Dance. is going to be a person in a panda suit. They're going to dance the whole time. I'm not into Just Dance at all, but it's kind of like their FIFA or Madden where they just have to tout it every year. And it does well enough to be around. And it's so, like their tent pole party time. I'm still yeah, rocking exactly. Just Dance 2014 if y'all ever want to get jiggy with it. Yes, I dude. do, do want to get jiggy with it. <laughs> that sounds great. 
Next time I'm in Boston, we'll indulge. <laughs> but like, you know, the first half of that show was just all like fun party times and like a lot of crazy cool things. Like the guy from Trials came back out, you know, right, on his motorcycle right. and he's like, you know, smashing into stuff. They had another super feel good moment where they made Starlink this new, you know, game for them really viable because of Nintendo and Miyamoto's in the crowd and they show the R-Wing to him. There's a statue and he's holding it. They're like, we're going to go backstage. Eve's just like kidnapping Miyamoto and taking him off. And it's just like, this is just so, just like jolly, happy vibes just all around. I thought they did a great job. And like you said, Assassin's Creed, looking great, man. Skull and Bones. I know you're going to talk about it, but I want to talk about it too. Can't yeah. wait. You're actually walking yeah. around at your pirate hub, and I was like, oh my goodness, there's a little bit of third person stuff. I'm like, yeah, there we go. Like, yeah, oh, so they got good. me stoked. Oh, I just, the one thing they were missing, though, my boy Sam Fisher, the stealthiest guy on the planet. He wasn't at so E3 at all. Sad. I was like, where is. I thought, I was like, yeah. are they going to show him at Sony? Are they going to show him somewhere? I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, so Eve's come on recently and like since since the ubisoft showcase has said he's like yeah it's happening he's like we just didn't think we had to show it we don't have to do that every e3 and we're like yeah but we wanted you to yeah. eve come just on give us the sound that the night vision goggles make that's, like, all, that's all we needed that's actually the sound of my phone when you text me i just wanted to hear it i wanted the lights to go down i wanted that sound to happen and then i want to see green dots that's all I didn't want. I don't need a release date. I don't need anything else. That's all I wanted. Yep, they didn't do one more thing this year. I feel like maybe that's so they can lean out of that because I wonder if that puts a lot of strain on them is to be like, we have to impress every year, and you're not really going to top some of the stuff like you've done in the past with like Division or um, Watch Dogs or Beyond Good and Evil. Like you're, it's going to be so hard to do a big showstopper at the yeah, end. So I get exactly. why they stopped with assassin's creed i watched your video on um splinter cell i thought it was fantastic oh, i'll put you. it in the show notes for this episode as well I'll so people can it. check it out but yeah I, I i was missing sam fisher just as much but let's rewind a little bit what got you so excited about skull and bones skull and bones is something that when they originally announced it i thought great you're taking my favorite thing out of some of the most recent assassin creeds and making it its own thing and i absolutely love that you know just seeing not just even the 4v4 which they kind of showed i think like last year or whatever but actually yep. seeing this year seeing them do like more of like a single player thing or maybe kind of a bit of both where you can call friends in they can help you take something down and then it's kind of like all right are we all cool and then everyone's kind of pointing cannons at each other and they're like maybe we're not cool you know like we're yeah. trying to get treasure and stuff <laughs> yeah. and the customization all that stuff i'm really hoping you know not only the ship i'm hoping that the captain and the crew you can do that with as well but you know seeing you can customize the wheels of the ship that different cannons have different stats all those things playing so into cool. it making this the most advanced naval combat we've ever seen. That's what yeah. I'm excited about. Yeah, Sea of Thieves was probably just like, ah, shit. <laughs> sea of Thieves, dead yeah. in the water. <laughs> Bye-bye. Yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah, pun intended. Yeah, as somebody who played a fair amount of Sea of Thieves, I appreciate Sea of Thieves for what it brought to the table, which was like a more irreverent sort of fun style of game, like the cell shading and the, the music you can play and sort of the goofy things you can do. But I also wanted like I wanted more ability to be tactical, which it looks like Skull and Bones is delivering hand over fist. Um, like you mentioned, the cannons having different stats. Um, and like, I love that the gameplay we saw, it was like, you know, sort of narrated by somebody. And I love that it was like, I felt like I was watching an eSport almost, right? Like he was like, the two ships take flanks and they come around. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Like, this is what I want to do. And then and then I had a moment where I was like, this is what it's going to be like. And then I was like, no, it's not. I'm going to be with four people and we're all just going to be shouting over each other. No one will hear each other and we'll all die. That's probably how it'll actually go. But I'll try to emulate that as much as possible. 
um, yeah, uh, Skull and Bones looked so cool. I'm really excited uh, about it. Um, also, I forgot to mention Division Two. Big deal. Um, yes. I'm really excited for that. And and I, I tweeted about it. I was like, hey, just so you know, I live in Washington, D.C., and I ride a bike mostly. I know these streets well. You probably want me on your team. Just <laughs> so. I'm a free agent. Uh, highest bidder is going gonna, is gonna to win great. my agent. That's so good. You and I have to finally get into the Division One. Yeah. And start yeah. doing that. Exactly. Steve, what did you think about Ubisoft? How are you feeling? Skull and Bones, baby. That was what sucked me in. Um, I've never really been a huge Assassin's Creed fan. I love the pirate aesthetic, though. So I, I did play a little bit of Black Flag. That's pretty much the only Assassin's Creed game I've ever really given a lot of time to. Odyssey does look cool. It might make me be like, all right, you know what? Maybe I'll give this one a try this year. That, that's really yeah. like one of the first times I've kind of felt that way about an Assassin's Creed game other than Black Flag. But that was one of those ones where it was like, it was around Christmas time. My sister was like, oh, what do you want for Christmas? Like, I don't know. Give me fucking Black Flag. So like, that's kind of how I came into acquiring that game. Yeah. Um, so even so like right there, I didn't have like a lot of desire to play an Assassin's Creed game. But this year they've actually done enough to make me be like, you know what? This could be the time where I give it a fair shot. Yeah, no, I, I love Ubisoft. I I want to say Ubisoft is like a third, maybe half of all the games that I have on my PlayStation. Yeah, big fan. I think to your point, Jimmy, about sort of like leaning into the people of, of their community, I think Ubisoft does is one of the best, if not the best, at recognizing what their consumer base is asking for. And while maybe not always delivering it at launch, pivoting to make sure that they meet their needs i look at for honor which you know they released new information about uh e3 as well um i look at for honor i look at wildlands i look at rainbow six siege some of the dlcs of far cries right so i think ubisoft does a really good job at keeping the tales of their games very long and very fun i tried to get into rainbow six siege in the last couple of months it is a very hard game because it's been around for a very long time and it has gone through so many iterations of of mechanics and heroes or i'm sorry operators tambo and magnum will be mad at me for calling them heroes uh and it's it's clear that that fan base is just as excited about rainbow six siege as they were you know in in its earlier days so i look forward to seeing how it continues to do that with odyssey like steve i'm not the biggest assassin's creed guy i think a lot of it feels very samey to me but i'm excited to see this sort of new world and yeah i i think it's just going to be an interesting next couple years for ubisoft and in how they treat their games as a service i've got two last things i want to kind of talk about with ubisoft absolutely here. Uh, assassin's creed odyssey obviously you know i talk about assassin's creed a little bit you can see probably um you guys yeah. can at least i have assassin's creed poster above my bed here uh which is the first one altair not really a great protagonist anyway <laughs> ubisoft said last year that assassin's creed origins sold 100 percent better than any of their games had recently they sold two times better and so they said they don't have to do this every year so i was kind of thinking and hoping that maybe they would take the year off and come back you know and they just do every other year my thought is typically with ubisoft they're doing like two or three assassin's creed games at the same time kind of like your call of duties where there's different groups working on them so we might still see a break maybe after this year or the year after that but i mean Critical Reviews is based, like, we call ourselves, like, the Legionnaires and stuff. So, a Greco-Roman Assassin's Creed. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I was like, and they, you know, (laughs) there was a keychain that leaked. And so, Assassin's Creed and Ubisoft's like, we'll put out a four-second thing where somebody does a 300 kick off of, like, a mountain. And it was just like, they're just leaning into it. And they're just like, yep, 
that's what we are yeah I'm like and i think they i think they sort of took a page out of bethesda's book they're like fuck it let's just give them a little tease it'll hold them over until e3 and we'll blow everybody's minds yep. yeah and then saying like hey you know what do you want to choose like in syndicate a little bit more even so like to be like hey do you want to play as a male or female and those will each have romance options and we're going to add some dialogue options which we've never had not a huge thing for games but for assassin's creed it's kind of a big deal. And just, man, it looks gorgeous. just pops. Really beautiful. And then I know you're talking about Division a little bit, and that you're maybe going to play Division 1. I played that for a while, got kind of sick and tired of it. This new one yeah. looks great. And the fact that they came out and they said, hey, guess what? We're having three major things come up after, three story things that are all going to be free. That is, again, like you're saying, supporting on the tail end. That's what Ubisoft does insanely well. And nobody wants to report on why For Honor is even better than when it started. Because it's right. not as sexy. It's like, well, For Honor's dead now. It's like, no, it's not. Nope. It's alive and kicking, <laughs> and they are like, they brought it. Like, For Honor Absolutely. for an update. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I've been playing that a little bit here and there again. That game still holds up. And Ghost Recon with, like, the Predator stuff, the Sam oh, Fisher Ghost, you know, stuff. Like, that, like, all that little bits and pieces here to keep you playing these games for a long flipping time. That's yeah. respectful. That's very absolutely no, and that's my favorite thing about them, and I'll defend them till the day I die for that. Um, <laughs> put it till on, the day put, I fucking yeah, put die. Put it on the gravestone. <laughs> yeah, died from playing too many Ubisoft games. Um, as somebody who plays a ton of For Honor and and Jimmy, if you like the the Roman stuff, you know I play as a Centurion. Yeah, it's my boy right there. <laughs> Such a good build. Yes. I love Such it. a good build. He's so much fun. Yeah. Although, dude, I took like a month off and I tried to come back to it, and I've been getting wrecked. Yeah, since. yeah, for sure, it's really rough. You can't, you can't yeah. stay away. Yeah, and then yeah, to your point about Wildlands, I mean, like I've been playing. I have, I haven't even finished the campaign, and I've had that game for. When did that game come out? At the beginning of last year. Yeah, it was like February, yeah. like March or something. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that like the map is just like almost too big. It's like, hey, there's like another objective like 16 clicks away and you're like oh my gosh like i've had that game for over a year and i haven't completed the campaign because for six straight months i only played pvp and i got really deep into that and i met some really cool people and we're friends and they're in our discord and so like that opened a whole nother door for me and then i like just last night after the sony conference i was like eh, i've had a couple of glasses of whiskey i'm gonna try this campaign and I like immediately died and I was like, I should probably go to bed. Um, but like it, it's such a good investment on both ends. Like Ubisoft is giving us so much to work with. And in turn, we're going to keep playing these games. Steve and I was at last fall. Was it last fall? Or was it the spring? Yeah, it was around uh, Christmas time because that's when the Predator thing was your, out. Your tree was up. The Christmas oh, tree yeah, was up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, in, in December, yeah. it must have been December then. It was before, it was when I was home for Christmas and it was before Christmas. So um, I was home visiting my parents in boston for the holidays last year uh, and i spent a couple days at steve's place and we decided to attempt the predator mission but we would drink every time we died and it oh, took us that's so close good, to four hours on stream um and we had to get some help uh then they carried us to the wind and and i was very hungover the next day i think the next day was christmas eve actually because i was leaving really early yeah because i was travis man that was Bad decision, but great game. But in any case, yeah, I, I totally agree with everything you're saying. And like I said, I feel very similarly um, about Ubisoft. I have the same feelings about Ubisoft that I do for Bethesda in terms of my appreciation for the work and, and the kind of investment they put into their into their community. So, yeah, I, I, I loved it. It's definitely up there on my list uh, in terms of ranking. So let's keep it going. Square Enix. A lot of people feel like it was a little bit lackluster. So let's kind of run through some of the things that they 
talked about. Um, showed a little bit more of Shadow of the Tomb Raider. This showed um, sort of the expanded stealth options. The awesome adventure of Captain Spirit that is also somehow connecting to Life is Strange Season 2. Captain Spirit's sort of an original uh, IP that they're running with. Babylon's Fall. Exciting if you're into this sort of gameplay. Just Cause 4. Uh, as somebody who actually really enjoyed Just Cause 2 and really didn't enjoy Just Cause 3, I'm excited to see where Just Cause 4 falls on that radar. So, Jimmy, yes. what did you think about Square Enix? Well, I kind of I hear where you're coming from. We haven't had a Square Enix, you know, kind of presser or direct in a long time. So I think a lot of people, myself included, were looking for one of two things. Potentially some more information about that Avengers game, which they teased a little yeah. while back. Or Final Fantasy VII Remake. Come on, guys. Show us <laughs> that anything. That game is never going to come. <laughs> it's just like, it's like a new Final Fantasy XV, where it's like, by the time they make it, they might as well call it Final Fantasy sixteen or something. They'll just rename <laughs> it, and they'll be like, but yeah, it's, it's a throwback to worry about. Uh, I am happy, though, that we got to see some of Dragon Quest Eleven, which is already out in Japan. They're making a big push where it's coming out in September, and I'm really hoping, like Yakuza, like Monster Hunter, that it will take hold here in the West, because Dragon Quest is a beloved franchise to a lot of people, and is like the purest JRPG you can possibly play. And I'm really, really hoping that a lot of people pick it up, because it's just a jolly time, and if you like the Akira Toriyama like, art style, like the Dragon Ball Z style, this game's for you. Uh, but besides all that, I don't know. Babylon's Fall is kind of a tease. We don't really know much about that. Uh, you know, we keep seeing uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which is great. But at the same time, it's like, okay. And I will say this, though. I love Just Cause 4. And, like, I'm excited about what that's going to be. You didn't like Just yeah. Cause 3? What was it? What didn't you like? So the, what I well, okay, let me back up. I didn't get very far into it because when I first downloaded it, the servers were for some reason a dumpster fire. Oh no. So I barely got into the game. And then when I did, I think what I, I'm trying to remember why I didn't like it. I think what I wasn't that crazy about was the fact that it recognized. So I, I played a lot of just cause two in college and I loved it. It was like an eighties movie. It was yeah. like campy and blow shit up, but it also takes itself seriously. So it was like, we're laughing at you just cause two, but we're having a lot of fun. I think just cause three turned a corner where it realized that it was campy and it took that to the extreme, and I think it like laughed at itself. And I was like, "No, like you're not supposed to be in on this joke. Like you're not supposed to laugh. You're not supposed to laugh at yourself for having me tether a seaplane to a tanker and whip it around a statue and then blow it up. You're supposed to think it's serious." And so it seems like Just Cause Four is hitting the mark because I think it's going back to the depth and well, I don't think Just Cause Two is that deep, but I think it's it's going in the direction of depth plus. I'm doing this and this in quotes realism in terms of character development but at the same time they're like you can tether seven more things or like whatever they said right um so i think that's exciting but i, I think it's just like the balance of campiness and haha i'm laughing at you not with you plus the actual act, uh, action and the mechanics of the game um i think the weather systems are going to be really cool that that's pretty exciting so i'm excited to get back into it because i love the freedom and creativity that it that it allowed me to have yeah yeah well it sounds like from what they've been saying is that they kind of are using just cause 3's pc version as the base for the next one about all the complaints that they got and i was really hoping they'd show off some sort of co-op thing in this game because that's Same. anthem is like basically i want to fly around with my friends but if i could fly around with my friends in just cause like the gliding in that game and i'm not i'm not kidding boys i had to fly around for 20 minutes there's a stream of it somewhere <laughs> where i just flew for 20 minutes straight didn't do anything else it was great or <laughs> 
fell with style, as uh, you know, Buzz would say. But uh, yeah, I just I think it showed really well, and they had that guy talking a little bit. It wasn't too much or over the top. It was just like, yep, you can do this. You can put balloons on things now. You can like jet around with that. And I was like, this yeah. is so great. No, it looks awesome, and I think it's it's again hitting that balance between all these different mechanics and their function and fun. Yeah. Yes. so to speak right yeah. uh you get what i'm saying yeah so i don't know it, it's it's exciting I'm, I'm excited to see how it sort of pans out i hope that they i hope that they give more depth to rico as a as a lead character sure. because i as a latino i think they play a little too heavily into the like smooth talking assassin latino boy like and it's like come on dude we get it right like that's where you know he's from this whatever made up south american country and now he's going to help another made up south american country you know free itself from the grips of dictatorship but like give me something more to work with what if he was voiced by benicio del toro then would you accept that character one thousand (laughs) percent over and over and over again (laughs) would i accept that so i i hope they do a little bit more depth if they're gonna use like his ethnicity as a lever I hope they just give it a little bit more, but I, I will play it, and, and I'm looking forward to it for sure. What about you, Steve? How are you feeling about Square Enix? Did you like it so much that you cried, or did you like it so much that you had to take a nap, or where are you? I uh, I wasn't overly excited about it. We'll, we'll leave it at that. So the really the only things that Square Enix could have done to spark my interest would have been giving me more about the Avengers game, mostly because I'm already sold on shadow of the tomb raider i played the first two in the reboot i'm gonna play the trilogy you already have my money for that i'm going to get it you don't need to show me anything more on that because it's going to be in my library I'm, i've never been into kingdom hearts so i, I mean i understand kingdom hearts is a huge deal i, I totally yeah, get something that. something else i also forgot to mention when we were going through the highlights sorry Christine. but uh, one of my issues with it is they showed the same trailer that microsoft right. showed the day before so like if you're gonna have this press conference and you haven't had one in years maybe show something else i don't know yeah and and again i think this comes down to a lot of it's just like people like you and i steve haven't invested a lot into kingdom hearts i i haven't played a single kingdom kingdom hearts i don't know anything about it and so it's just like it's hard to get hyped about these things it's easy to recognize the significance and the the intention and like the community but it's just hard to feel that you know yeah so without the avengers i'll say like i like life is strange i I still need to play this uh the second season but i like life is strange so i'll probably dabble with uh what's his name captain underpants or whatever captain Captain mysterious (laughs) captain Um, spirit i believe so i'll probably dabble with captain spirit uh, just because i do like the game mechanics i like the the choices and as you've seen i enjoy telltale games i enjoy you know, Detroit Become Human, Heavy Rain, all that stuff. So I, I really appreciate those kind of narrative-based games. So I'll probably dabble with that. What did kind of make my head turn and go, ooh, this is interesting, is The Quiet Man. Just the quick little trailer yeah. that started off as yeah. actual actors and then cut into CGI footage. And obviously it's like a deaf protagonist who can kick the shit out of people in a back alley. So I'm very interested because the first thought in my head was like, all right, well... If you're playing a deaf protagonist, is there going to be no sound to this game? Because if that's the case, I'd get it just because I'd be so interested to see what a game without sound would play like for the duration of the story. Right. I, I doubt there will be no no sound. I do think that it's going to open the doors to like really interesting mechanics. We'll see how that shakes out. Any last, any final words about Square Enix? Uh, I guess I'll speak up. I'm actually a pretty big yeah. Kingdom Hearts fan. 
But even awesome. like I am really invested in all of that story and I'm really excited to finally see this chapter close. But having said that, we saw it at Microsoft, we saw it at Square, and I think we saw it at Sony. There was some new stuff here and there, but at the same time, I was just like, for me, I don't want to keep watching this because the whole point of, of these games is to be surprised, to go somewhere you didn't expect. And hopefully if they do a Marvel or Star Wars thing, that's what they're holding off of and they're not showing. But my fear right now is they've shown off so much. It's like, just, I don't need to see any more. Guys, you have my ticket. Like, you don't have to sell any Kingdom Hearts fan. All of them are in. Like, they're already in. You don't have to do this. So just like... Maybe dial it back just a smidge. It's fine, all right? When when it finally drops, I'm going to give you a call because I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Although I'm sure we'll hear it from from one of our teammates, Christine. She's a very big Kingdom Hearts fan. So oh, That sounds like fun. Let's do that. So let's move on to the final two, all occurring in the last 24 hours as of this podcast recording. Sony. Let's r- run through some of the things that were brought up at the Sony conference. New, longer Death Stranding trailer revealed. We'll get into it. New Last of Us 2 trailer and gameplay revealed. Also gameplay shown for Death Stranding. Uh, a nice little nod to Call of Duty. Call of Duty Black Ops 3 is a, was shadow dropped on, on PlayStation Plus, which is exciting. And if you pre-order, what is it, Steve? If you pre-order Black Ops 4, you can have Black Ops 3 maps in 4. Is that what the Yeah, if you pre-order is? Black Ops 4, then you get Black Ops 1 and 2 multiplayer maps in 3 and 4. Got it. Okay, so if you enjoy math, do all of that. Uh, and (laughs) also a pretty in-depth look a trailer and gameplay of ghost of tsushima coming out of sucker punch which is really exciting and a handful of fun little things from vr things like beat saber which i'm particularly excited about a look at what is it trevor trevor saves the universe coming from squatch games and justin roiland and then of course spider-man and of course resident evil 2 remake and yeah almost even more notably than anything else resident evil 2 remake for sure so let's cut right to the chase what i want to do is this i'm going to start it off with steve then we're going to go to jimmy then we're going to go to me we're going to have a playstation sandwich okay playstation steve, sandwich <laughs> kick it off how did you feel about the playstation press conference by the way let me also start by saying it was a pleasure commentating on that conference with you last night that was so fun yes that was a really good time i will say because i had tweeted this out afterwards you really can't say that they didn't deliver on what they told us they were gonna do they basically said we're gonna show you our four big games and that's what we're focusing on so while everybody including us we all speculated like yeah i want to see this i want to see that we all hope like siphon filter would show up and of course that didn't happen um, were we all hoping that or were maybe just one of us named Steve hoping that? Well, I was thinking that, but you agreed. With me. You were like, yeah. I think <laughs> no, I know. Cool. It would it would be exciting. Yeah. Um, so we didn't see some of the things that we thought like no Bloodborne 2. Um, we did see a Neo 2 announcement, which I feel which like is... was just like thrown in there. Like, hey, there you go. Yeah. You Neo 2. I got some thoughts, man. But I think mostly it's just like I feel like From Software is too busy with Sekiro. So I think Bloodborne 2 is probably going to be one of those next generation launch titles. However, I did enjoy the deeper dives into the big four games. I had it backwards. I thought The Last of Us would close the show and Spider-Man would open it because I thought that they really wouldn't want to spend too much time on a game that we've seen so much and we know what's coming out in a couple months. But then when I started thinking about it, it made sense. Close the show with Spider-Man because you're still trying to build up hype for that game. It's coming out in September. It's literally the only one of those four games that has a release date, let alone a a release fucking window. Like None of those games even have a release window. 
So we know it's coming out. So they're definitely going to try to sell that game as much as they possibly can. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see PlayStation styled as Spider-Man bundled with the game. And they, that's how they try to increase oh, yeah. console sales. There's going to be a beautiful Spider-Man designed PlayStation. You know it's coming. But I liked what I saw from all the gameplay of those big four games. Um, Spider-Man, look, the, the combat looks amazing. It looks super fluid. It looks like it's going to be an absolute joy to web sling through New York. The little twist at the end with uh, the villain that shows up. So we don't know who that yeah. is yet. That's dope. Yeah. We'll talk more about that, I imagine. Um, Ghost of Tsushima looks beautiful. I love Sucker Punch. I've said before, I played all three of the infamous games, including the DLCs. I enjoy what they have to offer, and this is their second attempt at Next Generation. And remember, Second Son came out in February of 2014, so like four months after the PlayStation 4 launched. So I feel like by now they have a much better grasp of what the PS4 can do, and that game looked gorgeous. Death Stranding, still don't know what the fuck the game's about, but gameplay <laughs> looked good. I'll give them that. Yeah, Norman Reedus and his baby just hanging out, pointing at Death Stranding things. <laughs> And then <laughs> Norman Reedus and his baby. <laughs> the Last of Us Part Two. Oh my God, that game looks so good. The facial animations when Ellie's having the conversation. I didn't catch her name. What was the the other girl's name? I totally forget. Jimmy. I don't know. I'm so sorry. <sighs> we all yeah, don't yeah, know. Girl. So B. Ellie, Ellie, and her uh, companion. We'll say that. Because sure. none of us know the name. Because, hey, guess what? A lot of shit happened this weekend. Names are going to escape us. <laughs> There's a lot happening. But the way from, from when they were dancing, like the way when she basically says, like, oh, do I smell bad? And, like, Ellie goes to smell and you could see her nose scrunch that up. That animation like, was... Oh, I yeah no that like blew me away out of all the things yeah. I was like, did you see her nose <laughs> did you see her nose scrunch it was adorable yeah and then yeah. and Ellie's a little bit older now so a little bit of a time jump here she's got a tattoo she's drinking a little whiskey although I feel like drinking age is probably thrown away in the apocalypse but anywho it cuts to the flashback or just in Ellie's mind actual combat footage it looks so smooth the melee looks amazing the crafting is still simple and it, I can tell in this little showing where she was running out of bullets I'm like great so you're still gonna have the impending doom of always feeling like you never have enough ammo which was one of my favorite parts of the first game just that constant tension of like I'm not well equipped I'm never well equipped so I can't wait for yep. the last of us too yep. I said it last night that whatever year that game comes out in it's my game of the year Jimmy what did you think of the sony press conference well i want to preface this with two things first off what what the heck were they doing they're like all right everybody let's sit in this church <laughs> and let's just take yeah. like a 15 minute intermission to move everybody <laughs> i thought after each and every showing of a game they were going to take all the press and move them to a new locale like everybody back on the bus we gotta <laughs> yeah. go to a new place i was like yeah. what are you guys doing it just seemed weird and it seemed not slapdash but even sean layden when he came out in the beginning seemed nervous or frustrated or something was weird and they had the guy come out play the banjo who's like who did the song for like music for the first game do music for this one and then they cut the gameplay great then they went for ghost tsushima have a white guy come out and play like the yeah. japanese flute and i'm like well looks like representation is gone for this like <laughs> trying gone. to be historically accurate kind of game and it was like yeah, yeah. No, we couldn't find an asian person to do this specifically japanese but uh so that was weird second off like we said different things hype us up and uh, I will be honest with you guys. First off, Death Stranding, hard pass. It's just a, I feel like it's a UPS simulator. They, nobody, I don't think that's a game yet. I think they're just walking around in environments and there is no actual game. I think Kojima's making yeah. a movie in the game and there will just be little bits where you walk from cinematic to cinematic. Uh, I remember you talking at the end of your, I think Ubisoft 
stream where we were sort of chatting back and forth oh, yeah, in the yeah. chat about how you're just like it i never got into it never really you know dove deep into the kojima franchises so i totally get that especially like coming from i mean even us like we're a hardcore kojima fanboys i was wearing a kojima shirt during the playstation stream last night but like but even even for us i, like, I we don't totally understand what you're saying because even today in Absolutely. discord we were having this conversation and i was like i gotta tell you i'm a little worried that this game is basically just walking around carrying things and i was like yep i don't know i'm a little, even... I'm a little unsure yeah, I tuned into the like the show with Jeff Keighley, and they were talking about it more, and it was still so vague. He's like, well, you can still shoot things if you want, but I don't recommend it because it's really dangerous. And I was like, what? Like, you're not even... It's just like a big <laughs> joke, I feel like, and he wasn't even there. So I was kind of thinking, why would you bring him out there and then not even have him go on stage? And that was one thing I think Sony missed a big time this, is having not having the devs come out and talking yeah. just a little bit about the games. Because those people from Insomniac, they're crazy about Spider-Man bring them out get us hyped about it even though we've seen so much and man i will say about spider-man ooh, looks like butter silky smooth oh my yes. goodness yes. i can't wait to play it. and the fact they showed off a ton of villains mr negative is not the main bad guy thank goodness because i was like is this the main guy and the tease who's the last of the sinister six who do, so who did you who did you think it was i think because of the jet boosters that you kind of hear in the background my money's yeah. on the goblin He's going to make suits for everybody. It could be Doc Ock if for some odd reason he's got jet boosts in his like tentacles, but it's one of those two. It's not going to be Venom or anything like that. It'd be too weird or like a carnage. I think we're going to see. Well, they did confirm that there's no symbiotes, so they wouldn't be Venom or Carnage. Uh, But like at first, because we didn't know it was a villain we were first watching last night, Manny thought it was Iron Man. I did think it was Venom because I thought I heard a web, but then I I fell down a little bit of a rabbit hole today. I, I, I definitely sighed on the Green Goblin idea. But a little wild card that was thrown in was Mysterio because he's going to be the villain in Spider-Man 2, the movie. So maybe they try to pair it. I was thinking about that. I just don't know if Mysterio is your main mastermind controlling the group. Because in the past, it's usually like you need someone who's like really super sinister and that everyone's kind of afraid to work with. And that's why Doc Ock works because he's so intelligent or Green Goblin is intelligent. Norman's been confirmed as the mayor or running for Senate or something in the game. Yeah, he's running for mayor. I just need to see, show me my boy, the Green Goblin. And I was like, rad. right before they're going to cut, I was like, don't do it. And this is, I'm like, yeah. like I, I almost had a heart attack. Play, yeah. I hope I they like, don't show us that until we can finally play the game. I hope oh they my keep gosh. that a secret. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Imagine if it, if it actually didn't get leaked and that was their plan, that'd be amazing. That would off. be incredible. Well, the fact that they showed off like a new environment, showing the raft right away, which as a Marvel fanboy, I was like, oh my gosh, it's Spider-Man. And then like, it's completely separate. It seems like from New York and it's just a sequence. I would like to fight all those guys at the same time, but I get why you probably couldn't. Uh, but Spider-Man had a great showing. It reminds me of the same feeling I had when you look back at Arkham Asylum. Yeah. Like he's in a prison fighting people like really crazy, but to a new level. I mean, every little detail of how he flips, you talk about Ellie's nose scrunching. That's how I felt when I saw him like flip off of like a railing. He get up to a railing and they do like a flip off of it. And I was yeah, like, it was that's so cool. Perfect. I'm yeah, like, that's exactly what I said during that during that sequence. I was like, oh, it's Arkham combat and steve just kind of like looks at the camera and he's like yeah but it's spider-man so it's better (laughs) (laughs) exactly it's like it's all his innate abilities and like his little trick webs and stuff so much fun or taking a shield from someone and then taking out two or three dudes with that shield i was like oh my gosh i was like yes very arkham but still like to the next level uh because things don't exist in a vacuum for me because i'd seen so much of shadow of the tomb raider 
I think The Last of Us Part Two didn't show as well because, yeah, the combat looks great, but I was like, okay, we're at least at the beginning, it was a lot of just kind of like sneaking around with a bow and arrow. And I, I really enjoyed the first Last of Us. I didn't really want a sequel because I was like, it was so good. Just leave it alone. Like, just keep it. Uh, but I, you know, that game, the facial animations, like you said, look gorgeous. I think it looks like a great game. I would just, it wasn't, it doesn't have that wow factor anymore. We look back at the first one where we saw Joel and younger Ellie fighting in that apartment and how brutal that all was. I think I'm just desensitized to it. Like seeing, you know, Ellie like stabbing a dude in the throat in the beginning. I was like, yeah, this is what I kind of picture now. Like, I'm not yeah. really surprised. <laughs> if you asked me how she would grow up, I'd probably say this. Yeah. When yeah. I was, I was hoping it for a tease of Joel, they kind of talked about it. I was like, where's Joel? How old is Joel? Is he like walking with a walker? I sadly think this game is much further off than anybody has thought. Like, I, w- I had real hopes that this would come out, like, next June, and now I feel like this might not come out next year at all. But the last thing I do want to mention, though, Ghost of Tsushima, one of the games I was looking forward to the most. Coming into this, I like, I played um, the infamous games as well. One thing I've always had a problem with is the, I don't know if it's the floatiness of how your character jumps, or sometimes the combat doesn't feel as good, but I've always enjoyed those games to an extent. The, the way they showed this game, kind of Witcher stylish combat, but the fact that like it takes one or two hits to down a guy, I thought was incredible. Yeah. Like they, no, every fight starts with like a pause and they all kind of look at each other and then it's like, shing, draw one guy dead <laughs> and then like block, block, stab a dude. And it's just like, oh my gosh. And that game, again, like Battlefield, you can't do it justice, I don't think, on any stream because I think that thing looks just yeah. phenomenal like the red leaves and everything every good game's got a grapple hook which i'm glad they didn't show us Sekido at this one too because like shadows that twice was like all right japanese grapple hooks are in uh <laughs> right right oh, plus neo yeah plus oh which neo really they threw that one like they did like a wide shot and they're like hey it's neo yeah. and then they're like oh what um but ghost of tsushima yeah, yeah. looks uh I think it just looks so great. And I liked seeing like a little bit of the story stuff in there too. I thought he was going to kill his adversary slash friend at the beginning. I was like, oh man, is this like a big story moment we're witnessing right Right, now? But then they didn't. I was like, oh man, but I am so excited for that game. I think it's really going to bring something special. And like you said before, Steve, I think it's been a long time since we've seen uh, Infamous Second Son or Last Light or whatever it was. And this is like... This is going to be something real special. And this is one of those things that you have a PlayStation 4 for and say like, man, yep, I'm happy I have this. Is it on PlayStation 5 too? Probably. Like it's going to be on everything. Yeah. Like, oh. yeah. No, you, you bring some really good points about what, you know, really will make that game special. I mostly agree with everything you guys said. Death Stranding, obviously a, a huge Kojima fanboy. I love what the man does. I love everything about him. I am not immune to like Kojima fatigue. And I'm very Kojima fatigued in the sense that I wanted my one of my predictions was release window, and I love the trailers. I'll watch them all day. I've watched all of them three times each today again, <laughs> oh, wow. just to like get back into it and start get the gears moving. But like I'm tired. I need more to work with. And so the fact that you're right, like he was in that in that interview with Jeff Keighley afterwards, he was really cagey and he didn't speak to any details i just i just wanted more uh unfortunately that being said you know steve we were talking about this yesterday and you're like i, I hope it's not over convoluted and boring i think we can't make any assumptions all we have to go on is his track record and the man is a genius he's working with guillermo del toro who's also a genius and all these wonderful actors that are masters of their craft um, i think looking at the total i think i forget how many minutes we have of total trailer gameplay anything Death Stranding related, I want to say it's less than 20 minutes. That's like looking at a Picasso painting that he just started being like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. So I think it's just like 
trust in the process, but the process is taking too long. Just give me a little bit more to work with. Well, it makes sense now because I don't like Picasso, so it all makes sense to me now. <laughs> there you go. Finally. Exactly. Also, at the end of that trailer, it's like his name pops up like a thousand times everything. I'm playing some Metal Gear Solid 5 now. I have never for 30 seconds wondered who created, directed, wrote, drew. <laughs> yeah. like, Every goddamn mission. Yeah. It'll say like starring random general. And I'm like, what do you, why did you say starring? I'm like, guys, we're going to kill these guys. Star- starring skull them? face. It's like, yeah, we get it. He's the fucking villain, man. You don't have to yeah. tell me. <laughs> Every this mission. is a movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I totally get it. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima looks amazing. Big fan of Sucker Punch sort of from afar. I never played the Infamous games. Um, I watched a lot of streams of it. My brother-in-law is a huge fan of them. I'll go back and play at least one of them just to get a sense of the kind of quality that they can produce. Yeah, Ghost of Tsushima looked amazing. I think uh, the fidelity and the combat and the fluidity of, of everything that we saw was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, there was like kind of an Arkham sense there too, kind of like creeping around the rafters and doing, you know, like diving strikes and all this really excited for that i look forward to that game very very much uh the neo 2 thing it's interesting for me i i'm a huge souls guy um i love the things that from software produced so when neo was touted as like the samurai dark souls i was like sweet i'm in it was the second game i ever bought for my playstation got about halfway through and got super tired of it i didn't think there was enough depth now I got to go back and fucking finish it because I do want to play two. Hopefully it's better. Oh yeah. Last of us two. I never finished last of us one, but this looks phenomenal. I mean, I agree with everything you said, Steve, the intensity and there's this really weird sense of just like loneliness in the gameplay that we saw. She was desperate and she was lonely and she was scrappy. And I think that's what the game is going to excel at. Like really delivering that sense of dread. I look at games like horror slash survival slash these kinds of grim combat games. I think, they are the best i think they shine the most when the player is desperate and i think last of us 2 will do a lot of them and then spider-man you guys nailed it it looks like a beautiful game i was never the biggest fan of spider-man generally speaking from like a story point of view and i think a lot of that has to do with how he's portrayed in the movies especially going back to the toby mcguire days i was always like this guy's a tool and then like that was sort of it for me <laughs> um that being said like this gameplay and trailer that we saw makes me believe that spider-man is badass again so i'm excited for that So yeah, overall, I think Sony did exactly what they said they were going to do, and they were very intentional, even from the beginning of their church barn presentation. They talked about the artistry, and they talked about the the creativity that's going to come out of the showcase, and that's what they focused on. They didn't give us any meat. They didn't give us release dates. They didn't give us windows. They didn't give us hard excitement things to, to, you know, aside from like the smaller things, smaller in quotes, like Neo, but the big four, they, they didn't let us anchor our excitement anywhere. They just kind of smeared creativity all over the place which i which i thought was fine i wanted that one more thing moment but they told us exactly what to expect yeah. and they delivered and then they also so, delivered sure. a couple other tidbits like in between they kept having things that were in mm-hmm. the dreams universe so basically like yeah you can create this type of stuff on dreams whenever we decide to let you create stuff on dreams <laughs> yeah but obviously the huge one was resident evil 2 remake we had heard about yep. it and then we didn't hear anything about it it just kind of vanished and then they showed the trailer from the point of view of a mouse and we're like, oh, shit, what the hell is this? And then once the zombie shows up, we're like, yeah, yeah Resident Evil 2. Yeah. Well, I, for a moment, I thought it was like Dead Rising or something. And then when it showed the raccoon police patch, really brought it home. So, yeah, interesting stuff out of PlayStation. Big fan here. So keep on keeping on PlayStation. Moving on to the final showcase that we're going to cover, the Nintendo Showcase, which happened no less than a handful of hours ago. I'm still buzzing from all of this. Jimmy, tell me about... 
how you felt about the showcase, but also if you could start with like your sort of affiliation or allegiance to Nintendo. Oh, Where are you perfect. in that ecosystem? Yeah, definitely. Well, I'll start off with the affiliation. I will say this right now. I do have, you can't see, it's out of the shop. There's a poster of the original 12 Smash characters up there. And nice. even though I haven't been as big of a fan of Nintendo in more recent years, Nintendo's where it all started. I look yep. back to Pokemon Blue fondly. I look back on, you know, Silver. I look back on Super Smash Brothers on 64, Diddy Kong Racing, you know, th- those types of games like the N64 to me are like Pokemon Snap. That is where oh, gaming in a weird way peaked for me because like you got like four people in a room to play games and that just doesn't happen so much anymore. And it was like a necessity. There wasn't online. You had to do it together in the same room. And games, when you turned them on, they started right up. You're going right yeah. away. And it was like, yeah, let's go. Yep. And I love yeah, that. And also, consoles were turned on by a switch, not a button. Yes, it was a switch. And when you threw that, oh, man. And just in my little kid mind, it's like, you know, Super Mario 64, it, it held the same world. It was in the same area as Donkey Kong 64. It's all this 3D, beautiful space. And that's where I started my gaming. Uh, and I haven't really been a huge fan of all their stuff in the past years. But I will say this. I did get a copy of Breath of the Wild. And I had a friend uh, loan me his switch for a bit. Oh, Breath of the Wild awesome. is incredible, and it was, I think, one of the greatest, if not the greatest game last year. Uh, that's what we, we called our game of the year, but man, um, that's where my Nintendo is. That's where the allegiances lie, but I love Pokemon and stuff like that. Uh, but for the show, it was kind of weird. I really wish we wouldn't have gotten that information about Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee like a week or two or three weeks ago, because they showed it and they talked about it for a long time. And I was like... Hey guys, maybe it's a good time to tease that core Pokemon RPG that you said was definitely yeah. coming. It's like, nope, <laughs> exactly. we're not going to talk about that at all. And it was like, what are you doing? Um, and a lot of people were excited about Metroid Prime 4. Didn't talk about that at all. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. kind Steve of rough. Steve was really disappointed by it. Yeah, it was, it was like, why Why wouldn't you? Uh, is exciting about the new Fire Emblem. And when Sony originally said they were going to, I don't know if they used the term deep dive. Super Smash today was a deep dive. That's what I was kind of hoping for, like a little more dev talk over some yeah. of the footage for Sony stuff. Like have the people from Naughty Dog come out and talk a little bit about like the setting and stuff. But like right. this was the deepest dive you can do at one of these things because not only were they talking about all the new characters for Smash Ultimate, which are just basically all returning characters plus a, a brand new one. But let's get into the basics of like shields, man, and assist yeah. trophies and all this. And like and damage taken. Oh and my gosh. Oh my god. I was like, yeah, this was like, like, it was a super deep dive. And, wow. Which, when they were showing that about halfway through, that told me that Nintendo didn't have anything else this year to show. I was yeah. like, well, this is going to be it because there's nothing else. They are eating up a ton of their time. Like, at least a quarter of that, if not a third of it, was just Smash, which I like Smash. I think it's really cool to bring you back all the characters, which must be it's a incredible. crazy undertaking, which I really yeah. wish they would have done you know, in the past, but it just gets harder and harder, even with Kirby, like they said. But they, yeah, getting a character specific, they're like, well, now uh, they're going to do this instead of that. And you're like, well, oh, okay. Why are, well, very specific. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Echo characters. Like, all right, the clone characters are here, uh, which is totally fine. But I think uh, it was fine. It was kind of disappointing. And I think there was a really good chance for them to strike in a big way to really excite people about the Switch. Yes, we still have Pokemon coming in November. There was some other big thing I thought that was coming out this year, but I thought Super Mario Odyssey DLC was coming. I thought, you know, that... Oh, obviously, Smash is the other big thing. It's Pokemon and Smash this year. Right, so that means right. that probably next year will be Metroid and probably Animal Crossing, which a lot of people were hoping yeah. for Animal Crossing or Pikmin 4 or something more to get people excited about the Switch. So overall, kind of disappointing for me, uh, but I'm not as into Nintendo as I used to be. For sure. For sure. Yeah, and I think... 
even as someone who's not as invested as uh, into Nintendo as maybe some other people, I think you sum it up very well. Um, me personally bought the switch is probably the best investment I've made in the last year and I love it and I love everything about it and it's fantastic the thing that I think Nintendo does particularly well is it knows about those memories of yours it knows where Nintendo lives in our ecosystem and it it strayed from that with things like the Wii U right and I commend them for taking the time to understand where their roots lie and where our roots lie and figure exactly where figure out exactly where that intersection is and that and that's where the switch sort of you know exists in this ecosystem and so i think what they did and are doing really well and i think smash is a testament to that is they're just bringing back what made nintendo great and they're getting back to their roots bringing everybody back into the roster is amazing and it's it's obviously like straddling every part of the nintendo sort of spectrum I think Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu is another great example of that too. Yellow was my favorite version, and you know, obviously, yellow is very similar to red and blue. But that is it. so it's speaking to people like us, where it's saying this is the Pokemon you used to play. It's just prettier, right? Yep. But then it's also saying, "Hey, kids, do you want your parents to buy you this silly shit?" Which, for the record, I pre-ordered it today. I'm very excited about it. Um, <laughs> get that Mew. He's got to get that Mew. He actually yeah, had his exactly. mother pre-order it for him. It was, it was adorable. <laughs> yeah, I wanted the real memory. I gave my mom my credit card info. It's my money, but she had to make the call. So yeah, it's straddling all sides of the spectrum. It's saying this is. As Tim Geddes put it, this is baby's first Pokemon, but it's also our Pokemon that we grew up with, which is incredible. I mean, I look at the the announcement, the the first real announcement trailer for Pokemon Let's Go, and it almost makes me emotional. Like it just like hits on all the right cylinders because it it knows where it where it lives in our ecosystem. But I agree with you; they don't have a lot else to work with this year. And this is something that Steve and I talked about. We had an episode of the podcast where we talked about uh, what if scenarios and one of Steve's was what if Nintendo doesn't really come out with any new IP this year. It only relies on ports and remakes. And here we are, you know, halfway ish through the year. And that's exactly what's happening so far. And it looks like with the exception of, you know, Mario tennis aces and some of the things that are happening in the upcoming months, that's mostly what 2018 is going to look like. That being said, I mean, they're going to hang their hats on smash, right? They're going to hang their hats on Pokemon and they're about to make a buttload of money. Yeah. Smash is going to push console sales. Like there's no doubt about Absolutely. that. You bundle that together because then you get people like us who, you know, now are so many years after college and we're like, Oh, I remember playing that with all my college buddies. Like we all get together to play smash brothers and now they're going to want to get that again. And then now some of these people also have kids, but like, I want to introduce my kids to smash brothers. I had so much fun with this. And so it's going to push sales dramatically i'm a little shocked it's coming out december 7th i i literally had my eShop open i thought it was shadow dropping today <laughs> I, I thought I was he was convinced. gonna do that too i was like yeah. are they yeah. gonna say at the end because they kind of held on it for a bit and i was like are they gonna be like available today i was like oh my right. gosh and then when they were about to announce ridley as a character i was like it's happening all my dreams are coming true i'm taking tomorrow off from work it's this is wonderful and then it didn't but uh yeah again i think they know who they are they know what they're doing and they know what they have to work with and what they have to work with is the stuff that they tease at the the last direct you know mario tennis aces i thought mario party looked fun a little bit campy but like yeah i'll get it and next time i have six of my friends in the same room for whatever reason like that ever happens in my adult life we'll play some you know mario party but yeah what they have to work with is smash what they have to work with is pokemon also what they now have to work with is fortnite um which is smart you know what i mean we all saw it coming fortnite is gonna slowly take over the world and we're all gonna work for the fortnite overlords one day oh uh, please but no. i know it doesn't sound like a great world but it's a smart move for nintendo to to pull that i read that there are some like issues where if you, you can't log in on 
the Nintendo the, the Switch version of Fortnite with the same account they use on PlayStation and people are upset. That's just Sony making it so you can't do cross-platform anything. Yeah. Yeah, Sony being the kid who doesn't share its toys. But yeah, uh, you know, overall I thought Nintendo was fun, heavily reliant on Smash. The deep dive was great, but you were like, okay, yeah. we get it. Yeah, sure. like Fire Emblem You could just end cool, it and but... say, we don't have anything else, and I'd be like, I understand, Nintendo. So with that, we're closing in on two hours. This has been a long podcast, and this is not even with any of the other content that we ever do on this show. So I There's appreciate, a lot to talk about, you know? I appreciate you sticking around with us, Jimmy. Oh, my pleasure. Are you kidding me? Love this. E3, baby. I know. It's, it's, it's gamer Christmas. Also, I just also want to mention... It, it's to all of our listeners and all of our friends and community it is fine to be excited about e3 i think there's a lot of talk about people who are jaded or not interested and that's cool too but let the hype happen get into it have fun these are exciting times we live in uh so with that this is what we're going to do we're going to go around the group here we're going to definitively rank our showcases but what we're also going to do is um like one to two sentence of backing it up telling us why that's your ranking but most importantly, what I would like is for everybody to exactly say, like, what you're using to measure. Well, you know, like, what, what's your metric it's of success here? It's getting super intricate. It's not that intricate. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, are you going over, like, number of games? Great. Xbox wins. Are you going... Are you saying you're you're ranking these conferences based on, like, how excited you are or how many release dates were actually announced, et cetera, et cetera? Just generally tell, tell us what you're working with. So... I think that's not too, too much to ask. Steve, would you like to go first since you're so willing? Yeah, since I have to, to try indulge. to figure out how to do this here. Um, I guess my grading criteria is just overall excitement I felt afterwards. And that's why I label Bethesda as my number one because they told us more about Fallout 76, gave us a release date, so we know it's coming this November 14th, and then they gave us the little teases. So, a little Starfield action, which is a brand new IP as we talked about, so I'm curious to learn more about that. Also want to know what Bethesda can do in space. Feel like that's a frontier they haven't tackled yet, and it would be great. And then, of course, the creme de la creme. Elder Scrolls 6, just a little taste. And, of course, the commercial they did from all like the fake ways you could play Skyrim, that was hilarious. Like They just, so they just get it. So they're my number one. My number two is Ubisoft because I was happy to see Skull and Bones. Uh, we had heard about it years ago and then it kind of went quiet. And then, like I said earlier, this is the first time where I saw Assassin's Creed and said, hey, maybe I should give this a try. So they were able to kind of reel me into a franchise that I haven't paid any attention to for, what now, like a decade? So they're my number two. I'm going to give, and like obviously people are just going to be like, you're a Sony fanboy, but I'm giving Sony number three because... Don't 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 apologize. Well, I, your flag, I, I know the people out there. Like, oh, so Jimmy, you haven't heard this you're just story. Talking about, you're just talking about Matt. He's just going to make fun of you. So I, I, I give it to Sony because I liked what I saw from the gameplay footage. I, I liked how the combat looked in the last one. Wait, so two. I'm sorry. Sony's three? Sony's three. Number three spot? Sony's number okay. three. I enjoyed what I saw from the combat of The Last of Us. I honestly was going into this saying I don't need to see more Spider-Man, but I loved what I saw of Spider-Man. So they made, yeah, they basically were like, I know everyone doesn't think they need more Spider-Man, but guess what? We're going to give you a reason why you do need more Spider-Man because the game looks incredible. Ghost of Tsushima, I'm excited for that. Death Stranding, I left very confused. Sure, the gameplay, like the, the way they move around, the way they climb up hills, I guess looks cool, but 
for for right now i'm a little worried that it's just like carrying boxes around and then hiding from shadows i don't know number four i'm gonna give it to microsoft because i think that they did everything they had to do the acquisition of those five studios was a great move they also knew we need to show them something for now so you got halo coming you got gears of war 5 coming and they have planted the seeds for additional exclusives to xbox in the future for number five, I'll go Nintendo, mostly just because of the deep dive of Smash. I agree with what Jimmy said. I feel like it was pretty lackluster otherwise. Uh, we've already seen Pokemon, so we know that that's really just a remake. It would have, If they gave us a little bit of a taste of the core RPG that they're working on for next year's Pokemon, that would have bumped it up. I think I, that might have even bumped it over Sony. But since they didn't really show us anything new, eh, I do like what I saw from Smash Brothers. A little disappointed it comes out so late. For number six... I'm actually going to throw, we didn't talk about it, but I'm throwing Devolver Digital on here because their press conference sure. was fantastic. They just played to like all the gaming cliches that you could hope for, but they did it so hilariously. And the game, my friend Pedro looks amazing. Yeah. Like you're just yeah, bouncing off really walls, does. kicking things at people, shooting everything. Oh man, I can't wait to get my hands on that. A little upset we didn't get it a release date for uh, our highly anticipated The Messenger, but Messenger, in due yeah. time, in due time. Um, so I'm going to give Devolver that one. And then I'm going to go EA and Square to round it off. Square, last place for reasons because eh, they just didn't show us enough. EA, they did enough for me with Anthem and Battlefield to make me interested. Like, I'll buy Madden this year because, like I said, I buy him every year. I'm not into FIFA, but I respect what it does. But Battlefield and Anthem both look like they're going to take a good amount of my time, which is really all I can hope for in seeing these little teases. And by the way, February 22nd, 2019, nobody should it's have like to work. Just nobody should games. have to work. Yeah. We got Days Gone, Anthem, Crackdown 3, uh, Metro Exodus. Like, that's insane. Absolutely insane. All right. So that that's, so that's your definitive ranking. Give us a quick hits run through one more time. Bethesda, Ubisoft, Sony... Microsoft, Nintendo, Devolver, EA, Square. All right. Uh, Jimmy, you're on deck. Excellent. Well, I'm going to work from the bottom to the top. Switch (laughs) it around a little bit. Let's start off. The first thing, I'm going to tell you guys how we're ranking these things. All right. So, obviously, I'm subjective. mind you. Yes, definitively. Objectively slash subjectively. Games that I'm interested (laughs) in. Overall presentation. I think it's a big thing. And just the actual games themselves. You know, sure. so that way, if you're like, how dare he just guess what? We're not the same person. You're a lovely person. I'm sure whoever's listening, I bet look in the mirror right now. You're looking all right. Um, <laughs> I hope somebody looked in the mirror. There's like, oh, thank yeah. you. so first thing I'll say the PC and um, Devolver, I didn't watch those, so I can't really speak to them. So I want to put them off to the side. Uh, first off, even though I do want to do a shout out here to Andrea Renee for doing a great job hosting for EA or kind of pseudo hosting. She was fantastic. I thought she brought a lot of, um, great energy to the show and i really wish she would have been the one talking about more of that stuff and she made it work she made it she did the best with what she could i think there's some interesting things coming out of that you know ea like anthem i liked seeing there's some jolly vibes with not only unravel 2 but sea of solitude like this person comes out they're so excited and they were just like they couldn't even this person couldn't even talk this uh um, miss gephardt i think her name um but she was great. Uh, but overall, horrible showing for Command and Conquer, um, and a lot of just the EA practices and stuff that I don't really care about. That was just kind sure. of it dragged on for me. Uh, next up for me, I'm gonna put 
I think I'm going to put Nintendo there because as much as I like Smash, that's pretty much the only thing that came out of that. Fire Emblem is there, but uh, for me, I like the older school Fire Emblem, so it's cool to see this, but I'm it just wasn't exciting. They didn't show so many of the things they could have talked about, plus that Star Fox Racers game. Space Racers is what I'm calling it. Uh, didn't see anything <laughs> nice. from that, and that was like the spiritual successor to Diddy Kong. Didn't show it. I was like, come on, they show Starlink, which I guess was kind of like to offset that. Uh, I'm going to put square right above them because even though a lot of people there wasn't like a lot of exciting things out of there i'm still excited about kingdom hearts um i i'm excited about dragon quest 11 i wanted them to show avengers and you know final fantasy 7 remake if they would have shown either of those they would be like in the top two but because of that it just felt that one felt so mediocre to me why even have a show then um it didn't make me angry like these other two did it's just like it's kind of solid across the board uh so let's see if i'm working backwards the next one up whatever it's gonna be whatever (laughs) number uh i'm gonna put bethesda there i know you guys love bethesda uh i respect the the passion coming out of that show and it was a fun show it just not a lot of things are coming out that really excite me and that intro is kind of strange for me i was like (laughs) okay um it's fine uh some of that the intro stuff really sticks with me i don't know why but it's your first chance to make that impression But listening to Todd talk about that and listening to these other developers talk about, like I said, killing Nazis and just so excited about their games, like Doom, like, yeah, here's Doom. I was right. like, yeah, that's that's cool. So they, they definitely belong in a more positive place than being uh, that kind of pure neutral. I'll put Sony right above them because, again, the presentation all over the place. Uh, also, really didn't do a good job of showing Dreams. I think Dreams is just kind of a joke right now to them, which sucks because I know some people <laughs> yeah. in our community who might be listening to this, and they're like, Dreams is going to be great, and I feel bad because they are not represented very well. Like, it's like, that game has infinite possibilities. Like, let's make some music, and it was like, oh, gosh. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I will say Ghost of Tsushima and Spider-Man look like fire, Death Stranding, that's a pass. Uh, Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> Hard pass. Hard pass. Last of Us Part 2 looks like more of what you would expect. Uh, it looks fantastic, looks phenomenal, but like I said before, doesn't exist in a vacuum, and I just love the first one. I don't. I didn't need a sequel, and I, sure. I'm glad it's there for people, but there wasn't anything like really standing out to me that was brand new. It just felt like a continuation, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. Which means I think we're into the last, like the top two here. Top two, yeah. Yeah, which I'm going to say for number two, Ubisoft fun show you know you want to make a first impression uh which is big for me even though it's something stupid and i don't really care about like just dance that was great but i think um i almost called sea of thieves but skull and bones (laughs) really making an impression really a lasting impression and i think it really came out swinging after last year which a lot of people were like is this like a pvp pirate game it's like no there's more to it than that and i'm really happy it had a great showing assassin's creed also really cool i'm really excited about that even though i don't really need another one <laughs> like after origins <laughs> yeah. was so big and they kept supporting that game I'm like ah uh but also showing that they support these games like rainbow six siege that was cool for honor had a really cool showing i will say this though in ea and in uh, ubisoft they have these like little develop or not like these not dev diaries but these little documentaries like young kiv and his rise i was like who's young kiv and then they did this <laughs> over at ubisoft they're like oh you know we're playing rainbow six siege and there's gonna be a documentary on it. i was like okay guys we should probably get away from this it's great but like let's move along right, uh, kind of right. loses me a little bit but i think ubisoft had a great showing if it would have shown splinter cell i'm just saying 
would it be even a question it'd be number one uh, <laughs> not for me at least exactly to be honest. it's like oh it just it, it just killed me personally i wanted to see that but i i really like that and also seeing miyamoto once again and just the jolly vibes that ubisoft is all about which i love also the fact that they weren't bought up by like vivendi or whatever that was going to be it just you yeah. can tell everyone's just happy to be there beyond good and evil 2 looks kind of cool they said it was going to be co-op or something it was like that game looks ambitious didn't play the first one so excited about it uh and last but not least i think microsoft really knocked out of the park this year and i think for me just they just showed the game so it was just one trailer after another and yeah that can bleed together for sure but the games they showed really exciting starting with halo ending with cyberpunk even though i'd like to see cyberpunk because i didn't know before the show it was going to be a first person thing i thought it was going to be more like witcher style so i was like right. I, I i love those cinematic trailers i just want to see the actual gameplay but Same. devil may cry 5 i mean uh, oh, come on like at first i was like is this dmc2 like i was really nervous because like he, nero looks just like the other dante and i was like oh no but i'm i'm on board and they showed off so many cool things also jump force i'm really big into yeah. anime i was like what is this that looks like really there's naruto and i was like oh i bet i wonder if ichigo could show up they have luffy they've got goku they got frieza and then they tease light yagami and freaking ryuk at the end from death note and i'm like yeah you've got to be kidding me because when yeah. people were excited about dragon ball fighter z like, this is how Dragon Ball should be. I was like, no, I always liked the Budokai Tenkaichi series. Big 3D open environments for fighting made more sense for DBZ. And this is what it's getting back to. And they're fighting in flipping New York City. I'm like, great. Yeah. Make it weird. Make it dumb. Oh, <laughs> I'm so excited for it. So that is my ranking. And yes, it is completely Solid. objective and true. So. And definitive. And definitive. Well done, both of you. Allow me to tell you why you're both wrong. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, what course. I'm using is definitively what I'm using is anchored excitement. So not just hype because like I'm hyped about, for example, Death Stranding, but my hype isn't anchored in anything like release date or anything else ever. So that's what I'm sort of using loosely and then probably, you know, subconsciously peppering in with like performance or, or presentation value i'm going to start off with bethesda i think bethesda is in my number one spot i think they answered questions that we had and they gave us news that we wanted i think todd howard going into that super deep dive of fallout 76 was fantastic i think they they know they they know what they can produce well and they're doubling down on that and they're just like listening to their community very well which i commend and then my number two spot is playstation and no not because i'm a fanboy but also yes because i'm a fanboy um <laughs> but mostly because we saw a lot of gameplay we saw like a lot of gameplay for exactly what we were told we would learn more about no release dates so that takes points away from anchored excitement but the gameplay is a huge part of it because i can have release dates and sexy trailers all day and all night but if I don't know what I'm going to be getting into, then that leaves me with more questions than answers. All across the board in the big four, we saw deep gameplay. And, you know, obviously they took out some of the HUDs and that's fine. But like we saw what the game will look like performance wise, which I think is important to note. In my number three spot is Xbox, Microsoft. I commend them for, for like you said, Steve, doing exactly what they should have done. Bringing the games, knowing who they are and knowing who their fan base is and galvanizing their fan base with things like Halo and things like Gears, but also investing in the future and making that transparent, right? They know, they, they know they've lost the, the generation race. We know they've lost the generation race, sure. But that aside, they know that they need to double down on the future and they told us that that's where their focus is. So that's great. And like to PlayStation folks like us, Steve, that's a, a big, hey, we're going to invest in the future and you're, you're going to come hang out with us one day. And like, that's exciting. 
In my number four spot, Ubisoft. I thought they were awesome. A lot of a lot of what you said, Jimmy. I thought they were really fun-loving and excited about what they were talking about. And again, just the dedication to keeping that tale of their games long and serving their consumer base. I think games as a service is a really tricky thing to do. Some folks are just like, pay DLCs, that's games as a service. That's not true. Some folks are like, free DLCs that don't really add any value to the game think that's games as a service, and that's not true either. You know, it's like this middle ground that I think Ubisoft does really well. Iteration, I think, is a huge part of it. There's like this sort of theory in user experience design of always building towards your user because your products aren't for you. They're for the people who are using them. And I think uh, Ubisoft does a great job at building towards the user. In my, whatever, five spot, uh, Nintendo, just because, you know, they told me a lot about Smash, basically. (laughs) Um, And then, of course, Pokemon, I'm super bought in figuratively and literally. So I think, yeah, again, Nintendo's just keenly aware of who they are and who their fan base is, and they know how to speak our language. So good on them for doing that. Plus, like, their marketing is just so, so good. Uh, And then uh, I've Square Enix and EA uh, in that order. Square Enix first, mostly because of Just Cause 4. I think there's a lot of points to be redeemed there for me, and I'm giving them kind of the benefit of the doubt in a huge way, putting them before something like FIFA, which I've been reliantly pleased with for the last, like, decade. So I think I'm going to be really impressed by Just Cause 4. I hope that is true. I hope I'm proven correct. And then EA, yeah, I'm super stoked for Anthem. I'm super stoked for for Champions League and FIFA, FIFA 19. But it's not enough to edge out Square, um, just because like I have more anchored excitement. I have more to be anchored in in terms of what I have to look forward to. Plus, like FIFA, it's not going to be revolutionary. It, it, yes, Champions League is going to be a thing, but it's still going to be soccer games. And then at the end, there will be a winner or a loser. And then if you won, you hold a cup that's different than the cup in the previous games. Sure, whatever. I recognize that it's still soccer. So. That's why you're both wrong, and that's why this list is completely accurate and correct. And I've checked with all of our community, and everybody agrees. So, oh, that's Excellent. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, so both of you are fired. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you can't fire me. I quit, pal. I'm out of oh, here. Oh, I fired you first. Dang, it was my first day. <laughs> <laughs> so that was E3 2018. What a time to be alive! I am so happy that we get to experience this and that we're like fortunate enough to like be able to afford these games and play them and have friends that love them and and just like experience this art i think video games are in a really powerful interesting creative position right now like socially and culturally i mean we talked about at the end of last year whether or not 2018 would live up to 2017 and 2017 was an amazing year in gaming and 2018 is already giving it a run for its money so i mean already 2019 looks outrageous four games in one day (laughs) exactly so with that again if you have any thoughts if you want to talk to us about e3 if you want to tell us what your thoughts were on any of the conferences or if we missed anything that you're particularly excited about please let us know you can email us you can tweet at us and you can give us a call at 347-509-5620 we would love to hear from you and also jimmy Thank you so much for being here, dude. Well, thank this you for was having so me. fun. It was my pleasure. I think this is officially the longest recording we've ever done. Yes. So thank you for being a part of it. Uh, but Jimmy, you are an absolutely genuine delight. Thank oh. you for being a part of this. This is fantastic. Uh, one more time, tell us where we can find you. Tell us uh, about 
critical reviews. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, so if you want to tweet at us ever, uh, our official account is at GoCritical. It's capital G, capital C. Or you can just tweet at me personally. I'm at JimmyGood013. And Critical Reviews, it's a YouTube channel focusing primarily on reviews, but we do a weekly podcast. We do vlogs. We do, you know, st- we play over on Twitch. So come hang out with us. Tell a friend. Bring a friend. And uh, I feel like we have kind of similar vibes to what Ombra is doing here. Am I saying yeah. that? Am I pronouncing that correct? That's that's correct. You okay. can say it any way you want. Cool. Uh, you nailed it. And uh, if you like what they're doing, um, just you know, hanging out with us, dedicating and devoting your time to us—that's the biggest thing. Because honestly, you can listen to anybody anywhere, and you're taking the time to listen to this right now. And I really respect that, and I appreciate that. So if you guys like me and the sound of my voice, then maybe you'll come over to Critical Reviews, <laughs> and you'll appreciate some of the stuff over there. Can confirm great stuff at critical reviews so go check them out uh they have fantastic content uh give them a listen check them out on twitch hopefully this won't be the last time we cross paths and do some work together again dude we appreciate it best of luck to you best of luck to critical reviews we'll be keeping a keen eye on you guys likewise with umbra thank you yeah Um, and, and we definitely look forward to the next time we link up but in the meantime if you like what you hear let us know you can head over to any podcast platform that you listen to whether it be stitcher iHeartRadio, spotify player fm apple Podcasts, all those crazy things that you listen to the show on let us know how we're doing leave us a rating leave us a comment we would appreciate it and if you feel so compelled chuck us a buck or two over at patreon.com slash gaming it would mean the world to me and steve and matt and other matt and christine that's the whole team you guys have a good team uh and i was gonna say one last thing if you guys want to do me a favor just honestly, go donate to Ombra Gaming. Guys, you're listening to this. Like, it's it's great stuff. I'm, I'm giving my seal of approval. Potentially someone you've never heard of before. So really, honestly, you should just take me at my word at this point, right? Yeah. I mean, has, <laughs> has Jimmy ever led you astray up to this point? Nope. The answer is no. So, uh, well, we appreciate your kind words, dude. And, you know, this has just been an absolute delight. So with that, folks, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, we appreciate you, and we'll talk to you very soon. 